Alright everybody, I know y'all been hearing about these amazing commentary tracks that I've been doing. And here's the deal. If you haven't already, you need to go over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast and get some for yourself. Now when you go to selfie.com slash AE podcast, not only are you getting a commentary track for three pounds on the greatest wrestling documentary of all time, you're getting it from the AE podcast crew. Make sure you put in the AE podcast so you can get your commentary. Now I know what some of y'all are thinking, you're thinking, oh hell Steve, I don't need no AE podcast commentary from selfie.com, I'm already a smart mark as it is. Or maybe you're this cat, I don't need to lift no kettlebells, I don't need no AE podcast commentary, my brain is already funny enough as it is, like a goddamn riff tracks Adonis. But here's the deal, if you're over 25, you need to boost your natural levels of testosterone, so head on over to selfie.com slash AE podcast. This thing will make you feel like a damn teenager again. To see how it works, go over to selfie.com slash AE podcast. But what you really need to do is get a copy of Beyond the Mat, download it, and feel what it's like to hear the AE podcast talk over this movie. You're going to put on muscle easier, you're going to have more energy and motivation, and anything with two tits and legs walking past, your flagpole's going to be at full ass salute. Oh, hell yeah. So go to selfie.com slash AE podcast. That's S E L L F Y dot com slash AE podcast and get your Beyond the Mac commentary for three pounds, which is around five dollars US. Be sure to put in the AE podcast to get your commentary. Now I'm going to get in my 1995 Ford Bronco with Hershey the Wonder Dog. Open up a can. Of audio whoop ass, one more time for the working man, selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. Welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, episode number 20. It's Survivor Series 1999. Hello everyone once again, I'm Cowboy Kevin Mann. Cowboy <laughs> Kevin Mann. Well, I realised that I've always given you guys inventive names and uh, thought, why, why not me? You know? You want to be a rootin' tootin' cowboy? Uh, yeah, because uh, I'm hoping for a lucrative sarsaparilla endorsement out of this. <laughs> uh, join us, I'm always in this review of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. First of all, Mr. Adam Bimelow. Hello, sir. How are you? Oh, I don't get a gimmick name this week. No, it's no, all, no. all me, man. All about you. Yeah, <laughs> all yeah. about The spotlight's on Cowboy Kevin Mann. Cowboy Kevin Mann has run roughshod over the Attitude Era <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm well. I'm very well, thank you. Got a lot to say about this Got one? Got a lot to say about this one. It's yeah. good. It's an yeah. interesting place for you. Definitely. And to my right, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet, Mr. Billy Keeble. Hello, Billy. Hello. How's things? Not bad. Pretty good. Yeah. All psyched up for Survivor Series? Yeah, yeah, I am. Are you confused that it is not another deadly game tournament? Um, no, because I know this is what Survivor Series is supposed to be. But yeah. It's gone 
the complete polar opposite of last year of having no Survivor Series matches to having a load of them. I would say Survivor Series matches out the wazoo yeah. is the theme of tonight's pay-per-view. It's a buffet of tag With teams. the most confusing teams. <laughs> yes, definitely. So Adam, I think we forgot to do this last time. Yeah, before Whoops. we get into the pay-per-view, uh, forgot on the last episode, No Mercy, I've started looking at magazine covers from the time, haven't I, of the WWF magazine. On the PowerDriverWrestling.net website, you can actually find a big archive of um, WWF magazine covers from, like, you know, every year ever. And so I've been looking at the Attitude Era ones lining up with our pay-per-views, and obviously I've forgotten No Mercy. Whoops. So what bugger. it would have been for the No Mercy one from the October issue of WWF magazine. The front cover was a picture of Hardcore Holly, The Undertaker, and Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> All in like a police lineup, and it says, The Unusual Suspects. Really? I love then, that. The That's subtitle, brilliant. I swear this is true. Fuck me. The subtitle, What is Hardcore Holly smoking? <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, because that basically confirms. I was always worried that like it was a mistake that that no, angle no, happened. He is an idiot. That is, yeah. I told you, he's actually, an idiot. Yeah. So people actually sat down magazine writers wrote an article and photographers took pictures for that angle for that Apparently angle which, so. w- which wasn't really an angle because nothing <laughs> just, ever came from it it was just something that happened there, there goes that Bob Holly shooting on the big show theory that I had <laughs> <laughs> and then of course November's issue uh, for Survivor Series it has a picture of Billy Gunn and he stood next to one of the Attitude Era trucks that says Attitude on the back and he's got some pink spray paint and he's spray paint on the back of it so it says Assitude instead. Boom. And the subtitle for this one is But Seriously, Mr. Ass. But having two T's there. I love the way that That's he went. Shit. Yeah. He, he didn't get his King of the Rings spread. He got that instead. Yeah, like four months after it happened. Fucking hell. Well, that's great. Yeah, be sure to check out Pod Over Wrestling and catch all the uh, WWF and Raw magazine covers, those amazing kayfabe only magazines. Yeah. Brilliant. All right, well, it's time to get into it. It's the first and last hexagonal themed pay per view <laughs> of the podcast. It's Survivor Series 1999. The most infamous pay per views in the history I will Survivor Series 1999. Get a load of the generic ass promo. That was the lamest promo I think we've had in the podcast so far. Fucking horror movie or something. Like, mm. you hear the music in the background. The it's just a real like kind of lackluster. We don't care. There's, there's interesting stuff going into it though, and they've just kind of just said, right, fuck it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there has been times in the past because you know, but watching the Raws where I've been like. Oh man, this promo package does not do the angles justice or whatever. But honestly, the main event scene during this period where they're kind of unsure about Austin's future, it's the first time when you really do kind of like, 
Yeah, they, they could do with a little bit of Russo because yeah. you know the, the the Vince Triple H thing isn't that interesting at this point. Um, DX have come back, which isn't really a focus in this promo. But like Rock and Austin, you know, it, it seems like it's not clicking. This they you need a little salt and pepper on this mm, angle. Though. Yeah, definitely. So I don't think it's a case that they're necessarily just like putting out a bad. Um, well, it is. A, it is a bad it intro. Is a bad package, package. Yeah. yeah, it does seem to miss out a couple of like the big ones, mainly being that DX have reunited. Um, yeah. All, oh, all guys, yeah. all the grudges have all been forgotten. WrestleMania 15 has been has been forgotten, and Triple H has got his gang back together. So as a result, that means the New Age Outlaws and X Pac have all turned heel. I wish I could care a bit more, but yeah. I really don't. Like, yeah, I remember as a kid, because uh, this is the DX that I first saw as a kid was heel DX, and I despise them. Like so. Having them back now, just sort of bringing back all the nostalgic memories of like, oh yeah, these guys annoyed the shit out of me. He'll, yeah, the, the late 99 run of DX, is a, it's an interesting one. We'll get into more of that later. Fucking hell, Deadly Games music, this is not. No. I was deeply disappointed by this pathetic offering of music. How are we going to sing along to this? Like, we can't. Can't, and I can't play Deadly Games in the background. It's just not right. Like, no, Deadly Games is just better. Serious shapes for this pay-per-view though, Billy. Many, many shapes. Well, yeah, but there's also then the, uh, the spinning red dodgeball with the Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> like, is Survivor Series match going to be a dodgeball match this time? And like that's how you eliminate your opponents. <laughs> but in the intro package, we have a lot of you know the, the retread ground. Vince, whose side is he on? You know, okay. no no one really cares that much. Very standard fare. Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross open up the pay per view and welcome us, and they begin immediately mentioning Survivor Series 1997. Like, yeah. Compare that to last year where they were kind of they alluded to it like a little bit on commentary. But like this one, they're like, boy, Survivor. Series 1997, Bret Hart was screwed. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking, you know, end of 99 now. We don't need to review a WCW late 99 show to know that Bret's career is truly, like, you know... Dead. Yeah, you can make fun of it now and no, yeah. no one's going to, like... Get away with it now. Yeah. Do, do I reckon they're just saying it so they can upset Bulldogs who will leave? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll anger him so much it'll motivate him to having a passable match. Who knows? Starting things off, it's our first ever on the podcast, a traditional Survivor Series elimination match four on four everyone gets eliminated last man standing are the declared the winners yeah. so we've got a very eclectic mix of teams which is something of a theme for tonight's yeah. survivor series offerings godfather D'Lo brown the headbangers i haven't seen them in a while completely I, forgot they existed i know yeah. taking on the very odd team of the acolytes and the dudley boys aka kevin's dream team 2000 <laughs> we have Jerry very excited as Godfather comes out with a selection of hoes. Jerry at one point going, Tonight it's going to be great, JR. Puppies, kittens, hoes. <laughs> Restaurant quality hoes, yeah. as JR What says. does that mean? Lightly seasoned, locally sourced. <laughs> with Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Come on, big boy, where are those hoes at? Come on. <laughs> They're just basic, simple British hoes sourced locally. Cooked simply. <laughs> Good God. All right, am I the only one whose heart sunk a little bit when you saw D'Lo coming out in his paint yeah, shop? degrading himself. Fucking hell. D'Lo comes out dressed as a pimp, and you think because the headbangers come out dressed as pimps as well, that, oh, it's just one thing for the one night. But no, D'Lo and Godfather go on to team for, oh, for a bit. No. So we have D'Lo as a pimp. Now, I want to say this uh, at this, off the bat. Because it's not, not necessarily controversial or whatever, but it's something worth worth mentioning. There's a lot of people who point to this point. D'Lo is slipping down the cards, as we can say. The days of Eurocontinental champion D'Lo are well and truly over now. Sadly. Which is sad. D'Lo's not going to rise above this level no. ever again. So, you know, say your goodbyes to up-and-comer D'Lo Brown. Oh. Now, Sunday Night Heat D'Lo Brown. A lot of people 
wrongly have been saying uh, it's, it annoys me quite a bit when they're kind of going oh well he had the accident with draws so he got buried that is ridiculous thing to say yeah. right? it is really mm. ridiculous there are two reasons why D'Lo Brown in my opinion anyway lost his, his push number one is that we got an influx of like new mid-carders coming in we've got Kurt Angle debuting later Jericho Radicals are on their way Jericho the Dudley boy you know a lot of ECW guys coming in so we've got a fresh more exciting mid-card coming in also as well D'Lo Brown was uh, one of the guys who was in favour with Vince Russo and Russo actually I listened to an uh, interview with him and like Dave Meltzer from way like around this time when Russo was about you know starting at WCW right. and he specifically mentioned D'Lo Brown in this interview and he's like you know what Dave I don't think someone like D'Lo Brown who's a good friend of mine is going to be able to do anything in WWF now that I'm gone because oh. no one's going to write for D'Lo but me and it's like he was right yeah. and it's like is it one is it Vince Russo being right or is it two is it then people because like, you know how the dirt sheets work back then you know just people kind of go oh he's Vince Russo's boy is, it? <laughs> is that yeah. how it is so I mean he's a victim of circumstance but I just don't like people kind of going oh he paralysed a man which again I don't think well as I say no Dross and D'Lo you know clearly have made their peace with each other about the whole thing they clearly didn't have any beef accident. about it so, yeah, it's yeah an accident, and, but... and honestly sometimes people get this most ridiculous thing in their head about Vince McMahon going ah he he crippled someone I'm going to bury him yeah. if Vince McMahon in his heart of heart people really really blamed D'Lo Brown for causing that accident he'd be out he'd fire him yeah because <laughs> oh yeah like that's, that. that's what I'm going to do I'm going to pay him hundreds of thousands of dollars on a downside guarantee that'll learn him <laughs> wrestling's not real guys you know it doesn't work like that you know so uh, yeah last time we saw Chaz he was uh, to quote Jim Ross beating his girlfriend oh, and uh, yeah we mentioned before Thrasher had cleared his name and uh, so now the headbangers are back together because obviously that's the next logical progression yeah the big reunion was there a particular thing that that all happened was what did one of them get injured Thrasher was injured for a bit, which mm. was why, you know, Chaz got the singles run. Kind of like a funny it's like where he's like, hey, let's make this guy a single star. Well, that didn't work. Oh, well, your Put tag team partner's back. To the mid-card with you. <laughs> let's bring this popular tag team back together. The fans will love it. Yeah, I mean, honestly... If I never saw the Headbangers again, I would have been grand. Like, well, you yeah. forgot they existed. Even I forgot though, they existed. So. I mean, they're not like they're not a bad they're not team. Awful. They're not, it's it's they're forgettable. They're not like they're not a strong enough team where it's kind of like, all right, we have to put these guys back together. Yeah. But anyway, here they are, and they're dressed up in the most ridiculous pimp outfits ever. I admit, I laughed when I saw them with their yeah, uh, so big microphone heads on them. Like, My description for this match in three words. Everyone is pimps. <laughs> Everyone is pimps. Everyone is pimps. <laughs> Massive heat for the Dudley Boys when they come out. Yeah. I should probably recap some of the Dudley Boys' antics. They've kind of went off the deep end into, like, pure evil as of late. <laughs> but one particularly memorable segment, there was a Raw that opened inexplicably with Viscera and Godfather battling for the hose. Okay. As you do. As you do. That's yeah. how you open I thought we've already established that Viscera's not interested in hose, he's interested in dead animals. Yeah, it was it was a it was a brush off of that. You know what? I, I'm gonna have to recap this angle because it's so ridiculous and funny, I think it needs to be recapped, just so we can get to the point about the Dudley boys being evil. So yeah, Godfather is up there with Mark Henry at the start of Raw and he says that if him and Mark are running a pastry shop, he'd eat all the profits. <laughs> 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 nah mate, he'd eat all the pastries. <laughs> but uh yeah so it's meeting Viscera and Mark and Godfather Viscera cuts a promo and says he wants the hose even though yeah before he said that he wanted farm animals he says if he wins the match for the hose Mark Henry can do whatever he wants with them so Mark Henry essentially becomes heel Okay. Viscera right. wins the match. Jesus. And the hose Okay. to which Jim Ross aptly goes what the hell is going on Mark Henry walks off with 
30 women. <laughs> so, sorry, what? There was no. I was waiting for a, a but, like someone no, stops no. him or no, someone no, no. saves the day. Like. Mark walks off with 30 women while trying to look sinister, like some sort of <laughs> evil sheep herder who's like, yeah, you continue walking up that ramp. And of course, all the hoes are just like smiling and waving as they've been taken away by these oh. evil men. And then Viscera beats up the hose. Jesus. What? He's just like unleashing. Why? <laughs> Why? Because oh come on! That makes just, no sense. It just starts beating up these women. I'm not even talking about this from like a degrading point of view. I'm just talking about this is bad writing. That makes no sense. And the best part of it, and the point of the story, was that as these women were being taken away in an ambulance, all these hoes. For fuck's sake! It's like it like like thirty ambulances all one. They're taking out like the ones who've been beaten. No, they were taken away. It's just like the Dudley boys pointing and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like the camera is like on the ambulance and it pans to the Dudley boys. Like, <laughs> like laughing their fucking tits off at this wow. thing so I mean yeah, the so Dudley, yeah they're heal then they're really yeah. heal there's more to the Dudleys now than just stuttering yeah oh, that's still though the stuttering that being gimmicks said, fucking dreadful we we get the the stuttering promo at the start from Bubba hey godfather ain't you gonna offer the Dudley boys any of your uh oh. The other boys seem to be ready to negotiate. I don't think the hoes are too anxious to be with half brothers from different mothers. The acolytes, of course, had been all these awesome segments on SmackDown, which I've been mentioning, them beating up local patrons of bars. Getting closer to the APA now. Yeah, because at the start, it wasn't like kind of like, you know, them with two cigars going, oh, here we go again, man. You know, it was literally <laughs> the two of them looking as mean as they always do, just walk into a bar and someone's like, hey, man, what are you doing here? It's like, boom. <laughs> so they have this like, real tough attitude at the start, which is, which is great. Then we get the problem at the start of this match, which is something that plagues this pay-per-view tonight. Mm. Detroit, Michigan. You fucking suck as a crowd tonight. You're That's rubbish. so dead. Immediately, They just though. die immediately. Right, I understand. You know, the head, It's not exactly stellar star quality, but... They try. Yeah, you got Dino Brown, match. Dudley Boys, Acolytes, they're all good wrestlers. Yeah, it's a little upsetting because, I mean, it, it, often the case tonight, you see guys in the ring trying their dangdest and even kind of to the extent of kind of go and you can see that they're like, all right, let's change it up a little bit because the crowd aren't buying into it and the crowd are still like, yeah. no, sorry. Uh -huh. These not, lips are sealed. Not tonight, like. Close line from hell early on by Bradshaw to Thrasher, which results in the elimination of Headbanger Thrasher. Straight away. And then the Acolytes start to double-team Mosh, who gets a 3D, the first time we see it on the yeah. podcast, yeah. I believe. Love that move. Mosh gets eliminated. The head jobbers. The head jobbers. <laughs> We're going to try and muscle through a lot of these elimination matches because they go on quite yeah. a bit. D'Lo gets in and takes it up a notch. Immediately, D'Lo chants, and immediately, um, he's one of the only guys tonight other than The Rock who gets chants from the crowd. Yeah, mm. that's the, very true, actually. The Rock D'Lo Brown and the Detroit Red Wings are the three most <laughs> yeah. are the three most over things in the arena tonight. D'Lo takes it up a notch in the ring, uh, working with uh, with Bubba Ray, two of my favorite workers. Good back and forth. Brad kills D'Lo and Bubba with a chair and getting himself disqualified in the Out process. Out of nowhere, it's a sort of I'm going to hit D'Lo. 
No, I'm going to hit Bubba. He hardcore hollies himself out of the competition, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> Who's the real winner? <laughs> Bubba Ray gets the, only gets a two count on D'Lo, though, despite him taking a chair shot. Farouk and Devon start fighting to the back. They both get counted out, I assume. Sky high by D'Lo and a kick out, and then Bubba Ray with one of my favourite moves ever. Top rope, sit down, powerbomb. Oh, get, gets, Actually gets a reaction from the crowd as oh, well. We, get, we yeah. do get a big... <gasps> There's no... You haven't seen anything like that before. The no, only place no. you'd seen that would have been ECW. In ECW, Joey Styles would refer to that as a... Bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> like Bubba Ray Dudley were just the meanest, sickest... It looks like he's putting all the force he can, and he sits out, and he's a big fucker, so he does these massive power bombs, yeah. and they clatter the ring. Like, the noise is incredible. So, yeah, big fan of the br 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 I don't want to spoil anything, Billy, but he will do that on a certain person in the future, and you will lose your mind. Oh, oh yeah. It's amazing. I'll say no <laughs> more. To it. Hot tag to the Godfather. Yeah. Uh, was it a Nando's-worthy hot tag? You know, you know I'll be honest, the, the hot tags tonight, none of them have been really like Nando's-worthy, no. just because the crowd won't buy into it. So it's, it, it can't be a hot tag if the crowd aren't behind it, right? It's just <laughs> so, a tag. I, I can somewhat understand in this match why the crowd are so dead, because the entirety of the front row cannot see anything over hose. Yeah, there's the hose, hose just blocking the whole of the hard camera. It's the hose movement again. Yeah. Is what it is. I, I think the uh, the possible problem with the, the hot tanks tonight is it's not Nando's. Uh, it's more of a kind of you know someone someone your friend has been gone like all afternoon. You don't know why, and then he comes back and you're like, wait, did you have Nando's? You didn't invite me to fucking Nando's. Fuck, you had Nando's without me. Fuck's sake, I would have loved some Nando's. That's exactly how this is. Yeah. Yeah. That is the sauce. This just makes me feel like there's a lack of Nando's. Definitely. But yeah, Godfather comes in, clears house. We get the whole train by Godfather, followed by the lowdown from D'Lo Brown. And uh-oh, yeah. it looks like these two are going to be tagging for a while with that synergy. Godfather and D'Lo win. First match of the evening, done yeah. and dusted. Yeah. I tell you what, yeah, the two, like you know, I, I don't like to see D'Lo having the Godfather's character and associating himself with that, but they make a decent team. Oh yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. They're, they're both competent wrestlers, and, you know, they can work with each other, so I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more. Yo, this means the nation of domination <laughs> is alive and well. <laughs> Of Fucking hell. Okay, here we go. One of my favorite promos ever. This package plays Kurt Angle. Olympic gold medal champion Kurt Angle. People obviously know that I was an Olympic champion, but I've had success my whole life. I was a state champion and junior national champion in high school, a two-time NCAA champion, three-time All-American in college, athlete of the year three times in college. I was an athlete of the year four times after college on the Olympic level. I was a five-time national champion on the Olympic and world level, a 1995 world champion, and in 1996, I shocked the world when I won the Olympic Games. I believe that destiny brought me to win this gold medal and that it's taken me to the next level, the WWF, where I had the opportunity to further showcase my talents. Kurt Angle, the most celebrated real athlete in WWF history. He's a real athlete. It's so sickly, isn't it? It's fucking glorious. This man lived the American dream. <laughs> Why don't you? Like, you know, it's, it's brilliant. It's kind of like, it's celebrating him and like, Rightly pointing out all his very real accomplishments. It's all true, yeah. yeah. Kurt Angle did win an Olympic gold medal in 1996 with a broken freaking neck. But uh, that was always the thing when I was a kid. That was that people were like, oh, he wasn't really you know, an Olympic gold medalist. Though. That was always before Wikipedia. Everyone in the schoolyard used to say to me, oh, no, that's just a gimmick. But no, Kurt Angle legitimately was this all-American yeah. wrestler and this badass. And who would have thought that this was the route that they would have went with? Because you can see Kurt Angle, all-American guy, wins gold for the country. He is a hero. 
and you go the heel route. Debuting yeah. as a heel, yeah. That's I think it's genius. Absolutely amazing. That yeah. is really ballsy booking because I mean Kurt Angle obviously he had had he had flirted with the idea of wrestling before. We all know the famous story of him going to ECW mm. and then he saw the night he was the in crucifixion. ECW the crucifixion oh, angle right, went yeah. down and he was like no way. And he had a very negative opinion of wrestling for a while. So obviously if he had had a, a bit of a scare so to speak and then for you know him to sit down with Vince and like, like the start would be on the match is like you know we think you should be heel. You know, you you being an asshole that everyone hates, it fits the brand like. Yeah. And you know, he's a, he's a guy who would have been wanting his you know his Wheaties endorsements and yeah. all that stuff. And for him to put himself on the really big national platform and be hated takes yeah. a lot of courage. I tell you, what, takes courage as well. He's referring to him as the most celebrated real, real athlete <laughs> yes. in WWF because that immediately makes you hate him. Yeah, like, you know, wrestling fans know it's fake, but they don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. so to say the most celebrated real athlete, I was like, oh, here comes this fucking prick again, <laughs> saying he's real and all that. You know what? Actually, nice little little mention here for you. Kurt Angle obviously having his in-ring debut here tonight. He was in one vignette way back when they've been running these promos, but way back at the end of '98, I believe, on Heat, he appeared during someone who was doing those infamous challenges where he was challenging people to do degrading things for money. That's right. Kurt Angle's first WWF in-ring segment was with Tiger Alling Singh. Oh, God! The tyranny of the British Empire! <laughs> I just mentioned that, like, obviously it wasn't... Kurt was, like, a good guy there, and he Clearly. was like, a guy in the crowd. It was just kind of like a, a little, a little dry run. Out, yeah. So, yeah, Kurt Angle, up next, he's debuting against another man who's debuting on the podcast. Yeah. The first and last appearance. <laughs> it's Sean Stasiak. Meese! All the way from the planet Stasiak. Fuck it, hell. You know you're good when, uh... You get repackaged solely for a match against Kurt Angle because obviously they couldn't have Kurt Angle's debut match and him coming out to fucking Terry Ruggles music. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Stasiak's got a badass theme here. That's true. Yeah. They, they show footage of Stan Stasiak. Stan like, the man Stasiak. Yeah, yeah. Sean Stasiak's come from an illustrious background as well. He's a contender. He's as good as Kurt Angle. He's gonna job. We all know he's gonna <laughs> job. They're like desperately in the last 20 seconds before the match. Like, yeah. get him over. Like, doing your homework before the class. <laughs> Meet, obviously, his background uh, kind of weird obviously he was brought in as being PMS's boy toy he jobbed non-stop really like just always I don't think I ever saw him win on TV he always was just jobbing out Aww. I mean if you're Terry Runnels like yeah, slave like you know it's he's pretty pretty much down at the bottom wrong thing also I want to point out the reason that Sean Stasek eventually would get fired from the WF was for secretly taping everyone's conversations in the locker room <gasps> what GTV! <laughs> no, not GTV, just being a fucking creep, mate. Like, yeah, that's creepy. Apparently, it was like a rib, he was trying to rib someone by like recording them or whatever, but at the end of the day, in the, wor- in the world of wrestling, which in the late 90s as well, where you've got like Undertaker, Bradshaw, you know, there's, there's a very much a hazing atmosphere, a fraternity yeah. type atmosphere still. Wrestler's court is a thing. You, you can't be going around with your talk yeah. boy just the, recording them and like And like Stasiak, he looks fucking weird as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, that on top of it. You don't trust him, do you? No, I do not trust him. So yeah, Kurt Angle gets his own personalised ring intro from Howard Finkel. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. I love it. Like, Howard's been giving all these notes, like, making sure that he says it all, like, you know, 1996 gold medal winner. Kurt heads out, big smiles, like, hello, everyone. Has the gold medal. Yeah, the music. The music. The music. Uh, that will be uh, with him till the day he leaves the great, WWF. Great, great piece of music. And it's something I want to talk about now is, <laughs> is actually when you two first met, one of the first things you bonded over was this piece of music. Oh, yeah, yeah shit, you're right. And, and, and do you remember... Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> uh, Kevin, do you remember... Uh, 
uh, how you introduced the Kurt Angle theme to us. I do recall meeting uh, you guys for the first Adam for the first time. I was quite drunk, so probably not. Like... Would you regale us with singing priests? Oh shit! Well, I don't even know if you you are convinced that this is a brilliant story, but I'll tell it and see if it actually is. <laughs> I'm always worried that this might be something that I told wrong when I was drunk and you thought it was brilliant. <laughs> All right. Kurt Angle's music it's fucking awesome I went to a Catholic all boys boarding school don't judge me but we, we had a lot of mass as a result of that <laughs> there was a priest and Jesus Christ he loved to fucking sing as in like he'd be standing up there and like start off with a bit of mass and he'd sing like a motherfucker like any excuse to sing like you know he'd, he'd be off singing and then just one day me and my friend started going singing priest likes to sing Benediction Thursday nights. <laughs> He's a singing priest and he likes to sing. He does it Thursday at Benediction. Um, so that's basically like how I, I grew a deep attachment to that. I'm an atheist, by the way. Don't judge me. But uh, <laughs> you know what? It's hard to. <laughs> <laughs> hard to take a priest seriously when he sings at the drop of a fucking hat like and particularly when you've come up with your own song for him <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh, Kurt Angle starts off immediate boring chance from the crowd yeah, yeah. and you know what as, as shitty as this crowd was the whole night that's the perfect reaction this was, is, this was perfect because it's, into it. it's it, mat wrestling the crowd like, like they work the crowds like brilliantly because the crowd like obviously don't like they don't like real the, wrestling. They don't like real wrestling. They don't like guys. They're not. They don't. They don't know. They're 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 they're, they're the attitude crowd that we always kind of give out about. So yeah, Kurt Angle, you know, gets boring chants, responds with solid fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Foley in ECW when he did anti-hardcore gimmick. Crowd chant, "Let's go Red Wings!" In unison, Angle responds with solid fundamentals. <laughs> and then this is brilliant. Like the crowd is like groaning, chanting, "Boring!" All this stuff. Kurt Angle is like, you know, he's he's wrestling like the fiery like Bob Backlund type kind yeah. of, you know, solid fundamentals. Kurt grabs the microphone. Looks a little on the angry side. An Olympic gold medalist. What? You do not boo Olympic gold medalists. I'm the best in the world. I came here for you. You do not boo me. Well, you know what? I, I sort of like that. You got to respect that, JR. That's wrestling for you. That's standing up for what's right. You do not boo an Olympic gold medalist. You have respect for an Olympic gold medalist. Well, the fans spend the money and do what they want. You do not boo me. You do not boo me. Brilliant! I love that. <laughs> yeah. So funny. He he would do this a few times where he would like lose his cool with the crowd, and it wasn't a case of like, how dare you? It's just like, no, no, no. I'm the hero. You're meant to cheer me. Remember? You yeah. You, you don't yeah. understand. You don't. You, <laughs> you guys know it's all wrong. Like, did you not hear Howard earlier? I am a celebrated real athlete. I want to go. All these awards, the medals. Like, he did it during a match with Gangrel, and it was like after he had a few matches, and he has a match with Gangrel on SmackDown, and the crowd started you know chanting boring or whatever, and he's like, oh come on, he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> you have to cheer me. Like, you know, absolutely brilliant. Kurt Angle as well. Immediately, uh, great confidence on the microphone, mm. which you rarely see. Yeah. The commentator's discussion as well is also brilliant because you can tell like Jim Ross is kind of like you know crowd not used to seeing this kind of mad heavy offense he's a great athlete maybe the crowd you know, just don't understand mm. it and like so the crowd the, it, it's worked really well it's brilliant because before Kurt picks up the microphone Jim is basically putting him over like you know Kurt Angle has had all these tremendous achievements he comes from a great athletic background and then King is the one that's being you know sort of like putting him down like you know just you know saying well he's never wrestled before how's he gonna you know handle the WWF 
Then the second Kurt picks up the microphone and he's saying, like, you know, you do not boo me, Jay. I was like, well, I don't really think that's a great way to talk to the fans. <laughs> the dynamic just shifts completely yeah. and you realise that Kurt Angle is going to be a heel and that's the way they're going with it's it. It's brilliant so. because uh, Jerry goes on to be, like, this ridiculous defender of Kurt Angle. Yeah. And he's like, he's my hero! And it's absolutely hysterically funny <laughs> that, you know, Jerry, like, just loves Kurt unquestionably, no Can't matter what he does. This. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And watching this match was kind of like, oh, man, we're really hitting this amazing period. Attitude Era gets its second wind very, Definitely. very shortly. So, Stasiak with some offense out of nowhere. Raw is Jericho. Heat is meat. <laughs> <laughs> meat. Meat falls off the top rope, gets the Olympic slam. An incredibly unique maneuver. Kurt Angle wins. Yeah. Woo! Good for him. Good for him. Great debut. Great yeah. debut. Love Kurt Angle. And, you know, I love guys who just have clearly have a chartered course He's going to be a main eventer in less than a year. And over the next few pay-per-views, you're just going to see him slowly building and building. Yeah. And this is the start of a lengthy undefeated streak for Kurt Angle as well. He will not be pinned for some time. Of course, yeah. Which is very interesting. Recap of the attempted DX setup on Heat. They tried to get both uh, Rock and Austin, but Austin and Rock managed to defend themselves. Mainly, I believe, because Steve Austin's got his winter coat on. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, coming up next. Another Survivor Series elimination match. Val Venus. Ms. Ark Henry, Gangrel, Steve Blackman. <laughs> What's going I, this, on? This is hands down the most confusing team of the night. Yeah, tell them the other team, Kevin. Tell them the other team. The Mean Street Posse. Who are they with? The British Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's a joke. He's an absolute joke. So Hanging you, out with the Mean Street you, Posse. You just morphed into Own Heart there. Like, <laughs> like Own Heart pointing at him. Look at him now! <laughs> Serious. I found this so funny. It's Why like, he fucking belongs with the Mean Street Posse? It's funny, like, the, the idea was that they're meant to be his, like, gang or something? Yeah. The problem is, is that they want to make Bulldog like he's the, the leader or whatever. So Bulldog comes off and he does this thing where he stops. He would do this on Raw as well. He stops, looks Stands around, the ramp. and then he beckons out and then the posse come out behind him. He does that at the top of the ramp. And then the Mean Street Posse's music plays. And so, he walks out to the music. Yeah, it's hilarious. Poor Bulldog. And I mean, I, I, a lot of people are like very fond memories of the Bulldog. Don't get me wrong. Bulldog, 92, SummerSlam. My God, there's a man who makes you proud to be British, I would yeah. imagine. Like, he was a national hero. But here is, it is shocking that they put him out. He's a joke. He's literally a joke. Here. Like, put, I mean, honestly, if he just had those few main event matches or whatever, lost to the Rock, and I was like, all right, see you later. He's like, no, we could see him with the fucking Mean Street Posse. How much worse can it possibly get for the oh, British Bulldog? Oh, man. Bulldog is just having a, a rough elbow, as they say. Quick question. Is anyone face here? No, Val Venus is a heel. Mark, as I said, has become, like, kind of, like... A tweener. Uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, mate, if you if you steal thirty women and you know while they're in your care they get beaten up, <laughs> you're a baddie. I'm sorry, like uh, Gangrel, yeah, heel, Blackman, heel, yeah. So, heelomania, heelomania. It, it's noted here as well. Uh, Bulldog actually comes out with the European title. Yes, he got his title shot. The wrong title he shot. Got the right, not he the got the title a shot he wanted. He, he the got title a title shot, title he shot though. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say it seriously? Like kind of like I love the European belt to start the podcast. Mm. We had really competitive matches. There was Owen like, Hart and Triple H. It yeah. was the closest we had to kind of like you know I know we obviously had the light heavyweight belt, but it was the closest to having maybe the kind of an equivalent of the cruiserweight in WCW in that we had like really fast paced matches. Yeah, generally involving X Pac or D'Lo or Owen Hart. You know, you know, quick guys. And it really looks like a trinket here now. Yeah, yeah. And it's Bulldog, really? Bulldog is soaking wet here as well. Yeah. Disgusting wet. Unbelievably. I love me some posse, though. Like seeing them in the ring for yeah, the first definitely. time. Yeah, it did, had me worried, though, because 
any wrestler eliminated by the Mean Street Posse is going to immediately look like a chump. Do you so see was, anyone getting eliminated by the Mean well, Street Posse? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> Basic offense from the Posse. I was expecting, for, you know, these guys obviously were very limited. I mean, of course, when I say very limited in the ring, I'm referring to uh, Peak Acid Rodney, who, you know, had no wrestling training, yeah. you know, before like a couple of months ago. But, you know, they don't, they don't embarrass they themselves. Own. They, yeah. Own, yeah. they don't right. try anything that they can't do. Take fucking note, most wrestlers out there these yeah. days who are botching all the fucking yeah, they time. They know the limitations. They know the limitations. I'm gonna take it, they're willing to take the bumps as well. Yeah, they, that's actually one thing about the posse, particularly when it comes to them with the hardcore stuff. You want to talk about men who are willing to take a fucking sick bump. Mm. Jesus Christ, Pete Gas, honestly. Uh, underrated in terms of that man would take anything he gets mauled by, <laughs> uh, by Steve Blackman here it's horrible he gets really really hurt really bad yeah uh, Blackman gets a pump kick on Pete Gas yeah, and he's just like he literally runs through him with his foot like <laughs> Pete is the first man eliminated so long Pete like such a random match though when you think about it Impaler on Rodney Rodney is eliminated <laughs> Mark splashes Joey Abs Joey Abs is eliminated <laughs> the posse it's not as if like it's an inside joke that they're crap like that is their character that's their yeah. gimmick yeah they're rubbish know, very rare you get with guys like that now who are like have the character of destined jobber they're meant to be rubbish yeah posse is like no they're losers and when Jim Ross is coming out he's like why has the bulldog chosen these guys these, <laughs> these guys are rubbish like I the love that logic. you need that on a roster you yeah need, you do you need whipping boys bulldog four on one can he survive <laughs> uh uh superplex to gangrel he eliminates gangrel a perfect plex Blackman is eliminated. Bulldog, bulldog, bulldog. Genuinely thought for a second, it's like, fucking hell, he's going to win this. This is an undying will to succeed. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to see a wet bulldog slowly come up from underneath in a four-on-one job match? Oh, oh my one. good God. Thankfully, he gets a splash by Mark Henry and a money shot by Val Venus. Val and Mark win. And uh, <laughs> with the inadvertent call of the night... Bulldog just got squashed by Mark Henry. I <laughs> um, saved that shit. Weird match. R- what was that? Yeah, it's like a nightmare. It was really yeah. weird. It was a real Sunday night heat match. Like, yeah, totally. Uh, matches like this, you can see why there was sometimes people didn't like people within the company. We're not fans of the Survivor Series traditional concept because you need eight guys for one and you yeah. need a fucking deep ass roster and I mean they've got a pretty good roster at this point in time we can all agree definitely yeah. and you like you know once they do three of these you're like fucking Jesus Christ 24 guys like is that necessary but it's even to the point where like there's like a couple of matches I would I would just swap the teams around a bit it just seems to me to make more sense to have certain guys with certain guys. You reckon you could have made a better, like, with I, the 24 I, I, guys? I think with the 24 guys, we, we between the three of us, we could have come up with a better three matches. To the armchair, let's book. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, backstage, Cole walks in on the ladies' locker room and shit gets weird. Yeah, Very weird. it's just, the, the women seem really into Cole all of a sudden. Ivory had this thing where she kept calling Cole his boy toy, which I thought was really funny, because he'd be like, uh, Ivory, have you any thoughts on your match? He's like, hello, boy toy. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant I love Ivory it's fantastic alright coming up next every woman on the roster is in this one May all Young all eight of them <laughs> all eight of them May Young the fabulous Moolah Tori Deborah versus Ivory Luna Terry and Jackie oh my good god in heaven point out for the record uh, May and Mo- May and Moolah had had a match for the women's title which you know Moolah won um, at the last pay-per-view yeah May versus Moolah yeah my god it was Five stars? No. <laughs> no, it's not. 
Bit of an odd one, this. We have so many women. We're told as well it's a sudden death Survivor Series match. Thank God for that. I mean, we have a sooner. First, first fall to a finish. That's good, because we all saw the most recent Survivor Series where women were pinned after taunts. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably best to, to, to make this one fall to a finish. When Deborah comes out making her entrance, we get a shot of Jerry seeing her for the first time in the evening. Literally, his eyes pop out yeah, of his head. It's amazing. He looks like a toad. It's disgusting. <laughs> a toad. He just has this big round face, eyes bulging out. He's got this shitty two dollar haircut going. He winds up with his haircut tonight. It's <laughs> a mess, doesn't he? He's put a fucking cereal bowl on his head and come around. <laughs> like, good lord, man. It's a sad overview of the women's division mm. when you've got all eight women, three are actual wrestlers. Two of them are old age pensioners. Ivory, Luna, and Jackie. Yeah, they're the only. It. They're the only actual, like, fully trained, competent can have a match. And s- sadly enough, they're not. They they're not capable of like making up for like. They can't it, carry no. five other people. It no. just shows you how shallow the division is. It's really quite sad. No, it's it's really shallow. And May and Mula like go after Ivory earlier on. Like they just like beat the shit out of her. Most of the spots in this match get blown. It's very quick. It's crap. It is um, rubbish. It's, it's rubbish really crap. crap. Uh, yeah, we get the uh, brawl after the bell where all the women fight, a.k.a. the end to every women's match in the history of wrestling ever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Fight. Seriously, if there's a Lumberjill match, Survivor Series match, there's like any any. if there's more than three women they're gonna brawl. In, a, in a WWE ring, they're going to have a brawl. Backstage, Lillian is with X-Pac, who has turned heel. By joining the villainous DX and again. getting a new fishing hat. Yes, the bucket hat. <laughs> he looks fucking he's, stupid. He looks stoned he? as hell. Oh, he's stoned out of his mind here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I think I am ready to face a very determined and angry king tonight, William. You know, the thing is, though, is I have nothing to prove. I've already proved everything I need to against a big goof. I carried his ass for I don't know how long. You know, the guy, he knows I'm better than he is. That's why he begged me to be his partner for I don't know how long, months and months. Finally, I did that. Uh, and another thing, the guy's got an inferiority complex. He's a seven, seven foot something. He's sexually frustrated. He's impotent. And plus, I can whip his ass, and I'm six foot one, 200 and some pounds. What do you got to say about that? Bring it on. This is the beginning now of like really easy to dislike X-Pac. I'm worried now because I've become a massive fan of X-Pac throughout Mm. the podcast. He's another guy who, at the start, I would not have had high things to say about him at all. But over the course of the last year, doing this... Sorry, do you want to see the first note I wrote down for this match? I hate X-Pac now! (laughs) Yeah, no, I do. Like, I mean, because immediately he comes off like a prick in this promo. X-Pac heap galore in this one. Yeah, and second of all, he hurt Kane. And that ain't cool. That's not right. There's something... I'm not sure what it is. And obviously, this angle goes on for some time. Well, maybe it'll become clear as it goes on. This angle goes on for fucking ages. But between now and WrestleMania... Something happens between X-Pac and the crowd that make them just fucking hate him. And I'm not talking about, oh, what a he is, and like, oh, fuck me. Not X-Pac. And considering mm. what an amazing worker he is, and I'm sure he's great as a face or a heel, I, we'll have to figure Let's that out. Let's see if we put our finger yeah. on it over the next few months. Because yeah. I really want to try a little investigation. A little investigation uh, to see. AE <laughs> Podcast investigates. I'm not saying you have to Photoshop us with a magnifying glass, but it'd be great <laughs> if you want Basically, X-Pac turned heel by joining DX, but obviously at the start of this, him and Kane were still, you know, buddy buddies. And the idea was like, Kane was like, whoa, you're joining DX? What's, I thought, you know, we were friends. And X-Pac was like, no, this is something I have to do. You'll understand. And then X-Pac started very heavily implying that he said there's going to be a new member of DX 
and everyone's like, oh shit, imagine if it's Triple H, The Outlaws, X-Pac, and Kane. Yeah. I think it didn't kind of make sense, because, I mean, you know, in, in DX, you never had that big heavy hitter. And we That's talked true, about you know, yeah. The big green machine, it had been taught about for ages. And he's easily led as well, he's manipulated. Yeah. Like. And you had things like, you know, Kane doing his pyro on the DX music playing, and then was like, oh shit, this is going to happen. And then literally, the night it was going to happen, and X-Pac, they all turned it on, bet the shit out of Kane, and X-Pac's uh-huh. like, there's going to be no new member of DX. I tricked you. <laughs> Make some noise. <laughs> so here we go. In the first of many encounters, it's Kane versus Xbox. Kane, who's now doing a kiss on Tori. Kane and Tori are shown backstage in a quick interview segment. First rule in business, Michael, take nothing personally. You know, why would Kane take it personally that Xbox just stabbed him in the back? For all that, why would Kane take it personally when he was the only one standing behind X-Pac in his survival in the land of the giants? We don't take that personally, no, not at all. And you know, X-Pac, that remark you made about Kane and the fire? Word has it on the street, you're the one with the little hose. I must say, Tori did a fucking great yeah, job. I was so surprised. Yeah. yeah, hands in the air. I've we've shit all over this poor woman. Yeah, and she was fucking awesome here. Good promo. Think about any other like female valet or anything like that. This is probably one of the, the best like female promos we've seen on the podcast so far. Yeah, yeah. especially Definitely. from a face point of view as well. Like she's defending poor Kane. Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting angle as well. So you really have something to actually work with here, as opposed to just kind of like, "Hi, I'm the woman who will be pointed at and probably hit and ogled mm. at by Jerry." It's like, no, Kane's like never had a lady friend. Before. Yeah, she's in the middle of this. It's really interesting, and she's like speaking for Kane, and this is the whole kind of thing. Is like, oh wait, is she like getting Kane into scraps? You know, just because is yeah. she like, is or she, is she actually speaking for? Yeah, Kane? it's yeah. very interesting and really, really well done. She she does a tremendous job here. Early on, Xbox jumps Kane. Very weird matchup, and I always feel like this between the two of them, even though they work very well together. Giant monster babyface versus the tiny heel. Should be yeah. the other way around. It's difficult for them to get heat, but they usually manage to pull it off. Yeah, no, I, I've got to say, I actually really like the dynamic. Even though it seems like it's the wrong way around in terms of face and heel, the whole big guy, little guy thing works really well here. I mean, like, there's a couple of spots where Kane looks like he kills Xbox. And one of the main reasons about this is that for all his size and girth, Kane is a very, very fast man when he wants yeah. to be. And you get good, quick action early on this match. They kick it up a notch, and the crowd finally start fucking making some noise. Bronco Buster attempt earlier on, which was countered into an insane tilt-a-whirl backbreaker oh, by Kane. So big. Such, such a devastating oh, backbreaker. Oh, God, I love that. There's just moves that make you, like, want to punch the air, and that is one of them. And then a choke slam early on by Kane. Mm. And Xbox goes fucking flying. It's amazing. Kane goes for the pin, but Rodog appears, and Briggity Briggity Briz aches up the pin. He is also wearing a bucket hat. What's going on? Do, what, DX, you... mate, do you not mem- remember this, where we couldn't have a, a match with any member of DX? No, I mean just the bucket hats. What's going <laughs> on with the bucket hats? I mean, had teenage dirtbag come out at this point? Because I know the lead singer of Wheatus used to wear a bucket hat, and that Wheatus. was cool. <laughs> Wheatus, more like penis. Ah. Hey. And so yeah, Kane goes after Road Dog, and then heads back into the ring. Eats an X Factor kick out. I felt that like given the enormity of this kind of turn, and you know these guys have been together since like WrestleMania. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought, well, they're firing through this one awful That's quick. That's the one downside. You can tell this will not be the last. Is it, this is not a big blow-off match. This is no. clearly the first of many. This you is, can like, tell setting away. up an angle because they're doing finishers within five yeah. minutes. Kane turns a cross-body attempt from X-Pac into a tombstone pile-driver mm. attempt, which is amazing. And then Triple H comes out and, boom, with the belt. Three-on-one. I must say, I enjoyed the whole DX interference thing when it's like, here comes the champ. 
to beat up Kane as yeah. opposed to here yeah. comes China to do a low blow and win a match for someone. It's like, no, they don't care about winning the match. They want to beat this man down and you've got four-on-one beat down on Kane and it's like they hold him in the corner and you really feel for Kane, I think. this is, Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, Kane is such a relatable character when you think he about is. it. He is, yeah, no, you get a lot of sympathy for Kane. Constantly betrayed, can't talk, you know, is he getting... Can't express himself in any way. Think about it, because it would happen with Paul Bear, Undertaker, and now Vince McMahon as well. Vince, you know, yeah. it's, it's, he's, he's a real tragic character. Everyone hurts him. And he's seen that, he's in the corner, like, and he's been held back, and then, like, Tori comes out, and they all grab Tori, and... It's great for a man who's no face, essentially. It's expressive, yeah. like because X Pac kicks Tori in the face. Oh man! And the that second that happens, Kane, Kane explodes. He bursts out of their arms and like gets away and then chases them all off. That's cool. Like, um, really awesome angle here. Massive heat for it. Like, and I just like the idea is that yeah, you know, for Jeff Jarrett bet up seven thousand women during that angle. And I don't think he had a minutia of the heat that X Pac had from this one move. That's true. It's like if you're gonna go and do the whole man hit a woman thing. You know, make it mean something. Make the audience care about it. Make the course. audience care. And also as well, make sure that you've got someone who's motivated. And like, you look like Kane wants to kill Xbox after what yeah. he's done. Yeah. This was like, for a match, yeah. But as a terms of an angle, this was fucking awesome. Definitely. Really yeah. like this. And you know what? I'm really happy. You're hoping to see more from these two. And we'll get it. But yeah, the mystery of Xbox Heat will continue for another day. Alrighty, backstage. Cole is with The Rock. And honestly, you know, it was a long pay-per-view up to this point. Crowd were making a lot of noise, and uh, I'm there rubbing my hands, going, right, "Oh yeah, go. rock promo, rock here we promo, go. yes." Fucking Triple H comes and breaks it up before <sighs> he gets word one out of his mouth. Yeah, I was very upset. By yeah, this. very upset. A very, how dare you? Triple heel. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a fucking mouthful and a half. Albert, Viscera, Midian, and the Big Boss Man taking on the Big Show. Big Show is four men. Yes, big pasty Paul was. <laughs> big Show was assigned Kaintai and Blue Meanie as his tag team partners. Kaintai also is what's now reformed, Taka and Shofunaki. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll see more of them later on. It's nice to see them back. We cut to Heat where Show like, Show didn't have anything to do with these guys, folks. He's had a rough month. More on that in a second. But it's like, he's him beating up his partners backstage. He's like, I don't want anyone. It's like Blue Meanie going, We're on your side, man! <laughs> Poor Meanie, like. This is a big edition of Big Boss Man behaving badly. Let's have a chat about what Boss Man has been up to, because sweet Jesus, he has been Big Boss Man behaving badly. Boss Man has, has had his work cut out for him. Because something big has happened recently in, in, the line, in the timeline. Big Show's father has cancer. Yeah. Yeah, that's kayfabe. Big Show's real father died many, many years Long ago. Long before, yeah. Long before this. Big Show's father has cancer, which sits incredibly unwell with the Big Boss Man. He's not happy with this at all. Boss Man comes out and attacks Big Show for having a, quote, sick dad. His rationale being, <laughs> life is life. He also implies that Big Show's father is dying of shame. Fucking Jeez. hell! It doesn't get any more heelish than that. No, no, it doesn't. Attacking a man because his father <laughs> is dying. Oh, yeah. Then we have the next week, which is Boston comes out during a big show match with an anvil. And how he got it, I don't know. <laughs> a precious family heirloom, like <laughs> his father's watch. <laughs> which he puts on an anvil with a hammer and goes, with a big smile on his face the entire time. Big Show's like, no! <laughs> Should have fed it to him in a pie. <laughs> That's your dad's watch. <laughs> he's, he's not done behaving badly. There is more boss man behaving badly. Because the next idea the boss man has is to 
convince the Big Show that his father is dead before it actually happens. Big well, Show's actually going out for a big, big main event match. Before the match, he comes out, a uh, security guard comes up to him and is like, uh, sorry, you Paul Hawaii? He's like, yeah, oh, sorry, I have to inform you. I've got a call from the hospital. Uh, your father has passed. And uh, kudos to the Big Show as well. The man can the man can act. He can. I've seen yeah. that scene. It's actually kind of realistic. Yeah, and you know what? He can turn on the t- he, he cries way too much now, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But back then, you know, this is the first time the Big Show was anything more than a guy going, I am a giant. You know, <laughs> is this him like, oh, he's fucking crying. It's like, he oh, is human. He is human. So Big Show, like, you know, is distraught. He thinks his father has died. And then it's revealed very shortly thereafter that ah, his dad's not dead after all. Ah. Bossman played a hilarious April trick on him. <laughs> Bossman's having a chat backstage, like, oh, what, how, what did he react? How was his reaction? Oh, he went, where, my daddy, my daddy. <laughs> You've got Bossman and this, like, heel security man who he's paid off, and the two of them are going, yeah! <laughs> and he, he cried when his father was dead. Oh, where? freak. Jesus. So then, the, something more tragic happens. <laughs> Big Show's father actually dies. Uh, yeah. For realsies this time. Like, Shoot death. You know, as in they count to 100 after he's dead. Just, to make, <laughs> just make sure he doesn't kick out this time. Like. <laughs> right, so he's, he's dead this time. For realsies. Bossman feels it necessary to come out and convey his sympathies with his greeting card. Shut up and listen to me. With the deepest regrets and tears that are soaked, I'm sorry to hear your dad finally croaked. Oh my gosh. He lived a full life on his own terms. Soon he'll be buried and eaten by worms. But if I could have a son as stupid as you, I'd have wished for cancer so I would die too. So be brave and be strong. Get your life on track. Cause the old bastard's dead and he ain't never coming back. Wow. I am not believing what we're hearing That's here. That's exactly how I feel about the Big Show's daddy being dead. That is the most pathetic human being I think I've ever seen in this business. With deepest regrets and tears that are soaked, I'm sorry to hear. Your dad finally crawled. There's venom in his... I mean, the way he says the line, if I had a son as stupid as you, like, there's such hatred in his voice. He comes out and he's like, hey, man, I got feelings too. And he takes it this really shitty, crumpled look. I expect there to be like monkeys on it saying like, you know, your dad's appealing or whatever. <laughs> the worst card ever. And he, he says in the crowd are booing him loads. He walks off, raises his hands in the air like it's the greatest thing ever and Jim Ross goes, boss man is a classless individual. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. This is the last bit of boss man behaving badly now. Well, you I'm are... not surprised. You can't top that, like. Oh, oh, you can. You can top that. Smackdown, just before this. Big show father. He's oh, gonna he's gonna yeah. have a funeral. <laughs> no, you're not. In the middle of the funeral, it's like big show and everyone there like outside, real solemn sunglasses, big show looking all mysterious and uh, and upset. And the background you see inexplicably the car from the Blues Brothers the Blues Mobile yeah the Blues Mobile and it's like the fabulous Boss Brothers is like <laughs> he comes in and he's like hey buddy I'm the big boss man you stupid old man <laughs> runs everyone off manages to get his chains on the coffin drives off with the coffin arrow might as well 
and <laughs> Big Show runs out and going, no! Leaps on the coffin and gets dragged away. Honestly, the only thing he left he could have done was after he got buried again was dig him up and give him the boss man slam. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing about all of this is that the boss man's main reason for doing this is just because. <laughs> no rationale, no explanation. I mean... Does, has anyone ever like come out in a shoot and talked about this angle and why they, what, you know, why they did it? Why they no, made Bossman do these things? It was just because Big Show was getting a push. They needed like there was one. There's two ideas with this. One is to give you know uh, Big Show a little bit more you know elements to his character, make him more three dimensional, give him a storyline as well. Mm. Also as well, you know, Bossman's a veteran and he can help out you know someone like the Big Show being in a big Open angle covers, like this. Yeah. So it's an excuse by doing this ridiculous over the top angle because if Bossman just came out and said, "I want to fight you, Show," people are like, "Fuck that!" Bossman does all this stuff. People want to see Big Show kill Bossman. Yeah. The idea is to build up Big Show as this force of nature who's like, you want to see him destroy people. Mm. And yeah, obviously with Bossman, they just went the whole nine yards. There was nothing they held back on. This isn't the end of the storyline as well, folks. There's more to come later. This is just the beginning. Jesus. But yeah, that was some serious big boss man behaving badly. <laughs> so now you've got the big show who's refused any partners taking on boss man. And basically these are like baddies from Street Shark, essentially. Yeah. All different shapes and sizes. All weird. Albert as well, who's now been taken on as like kind of boss man's protege. Yeah. yeah. His, his suit of hair. <laughs> He's a hairy man. Wall to wall carpeting man. Mm. Like. Uh, Billy, what do you reckon of boss man uh, taking it up a notch here? <laughs> I mean, Cooking I mean, with gas. I mean, I've seen some of this stuff before from like OMG moments, but it's like it's it's I, I I because I'm a sucker for a dog story. I still think that the thing he did to Snow's slightly worse, but that's because you know, like the French say about the English, we like our dogs more than we like our children. But, <laughs> True that. <laughs> but it's proper fucking horrible. Really? He's a he's a big nasty bastard. I can't figure out if it's good writing or bad writing because it's one of my favorite. Regardless of how good it is, it's one of my favorite feuds ever. Just for all these ridiculous angles. And I love it. I think it's hilarious. It's amazing. But at the same time, it's like it's bad writing because Bossman has no motive. There's no reason for this to happen. But then it's good writing because it makes you hate the Bossman like mm. you should. So. Again, as I said, this plays Swings into the uh, to the kayfabe explanation of Bossman. He is just a sadist. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. Nails yeah. was right all along. I'm a big fan of this team though. The uh, the boss man led team of Albert Viscera Media and all that uh, Albert of course you know as we said he's teamed up with the boss man he, he came out essentially he was left out in, in the lurch a little bit because obviously you know draws um, no longer you know no longer able to wrestle it was you know what's Albert going to do because he was his running buddy but he just literally came out and raw and he's like he just challenged the big show to a fight oh and he did say to Jim Ross that he wanted to become the next big skyscraper here in the WWF that big ass Bless Boston him. accent on him boss man in the ultimate mark of disrespect has a black armband on <laughs> yeah. he's like he's pointing I didn't even at, notice that he's no, pointing yeah, at he's all the other guys and they're like ah that's good his paying dad, tribute to the dead father his dad is dead isn't it like also Midian he looks like a fucking joke here. He looks like the kiss demon from the oh, I, way, bro, I prefer this. He looks this like suck. he's got a Jamaican flag painted on his face. <laughs> you know what? I just prefer I prefer to what he had. So he's I'm still a trash I'm, bag wrestler regardless. Yeah, definitely. Though. Trash bag wrestler for sure. Um so Big Show comes out with just this you know, fucking BMF look on his face. Mm. This is one of those perfect storms where it's we've shit all over this man. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> like really. But honestly, when you're watching the pay-per-views. You know, he had been given nothing. He'd been either been put in way over his head, mm. or been given nothing I mean, to sink his teeth into. Just look at his debut. 
It's too just, much too quick. He, 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 when he when he debuted, he did that to fuck up. Yeah, mm. his debut was him fucking up. It's always difficult with someone like The Big Show who's been around for so long and has had such a storied career and he's been around for fucking ages. And then like you're kind of like immediately burying him. It's like because his start of his run WF was crap, terrible. Because he was given something that he either he couldn't work with or he was you know way over his head, as we said. This, however, works nicely because here comes The Big Show. And I want to see him kill these guys, and I know he will, and he does. Yeah. Here's the rundown of the match. <laughs> I've got it in three lines. If you want to do, just read that there. <laughs> Actually, you know what, Billy? Do you want to do you want to run through this match? Uh, okay. Show pins Midian and Albert immediately. Choke slam Viscera and pins him. Boss man runs away. Big Show wins. Hooray! Speeding through it there, you might think that was a pretty much a non-match, but I actually really liked it. I, I loved no, no, it. No. It was great. I, yeah, I loved it. Was it. Great. Yeah, he he comes in. He gets the he clears the ring. He goes after you know obviously Midian and Albert, and then he goes for the big fu- viscera. He chokes Sam's viscera. Yeah. he gives him the big slam first. Massive massive pop from the uh, the crowd. Yeah. just picking up that. Fast Absolutely fight. brilliant. And Bossman just has this kind of he doesn't look scared, but he's not doing the whole kind of like ah I'm a coward. You should have thought about that. He just yeah. he walks away. It's, it's, like, it's shock because he I think in Bossman's mind he legitimately thought this was going to be you know a walk in the park four on one like. yeah. yeah and yeah I like this idea now that he's like oh shit is Bossman bitten off more than he can chew like Big Show looks awesome here and it's great again Big Show is a he's a he's, he's a, a spectacle artist. he's a spectacle exactly yeah. he's a freak show he's a, he's an attraction mm. he should be booked as such and this is the first time that's how you do it <laughs> it took him what like what February to it took him nine months Jesus for them to give birth to the baby of logical Big Show booking <laughs> congratulations it's a boy backstage K K K it's Kevin Kelly fuck him <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That was good. My friend Gary said that. Just saying KKK. It's Fat Albert. (laughs) (laughs) It's Kevin Kelly. He is back with Steve Austin. It was wearing his winter coat. Triple H immediately before Austin can say anything goes after him again. Like an interrupter. Where's my? Where are my promos tonight? Like seriously? How dare you? So yeah, Triple H goes after Austin. Austin in hot pursuit goes out and then whoa! I don't know where they're where they're headed, King, but. Austin is chasing Triple H. What is Triple H thinking? First the Rock and now, oh, wait a minute. There's a road dog and X-Pop. Austin outside here in the parking area. Parking garage looking for Triple H. Yeah, come here, you little bastard. What is this? Wait a minute. Good God almighty, for God's sakes, that car just ran over Austin. That car just ran over Austin. Stone Cold just got run down! Oh my god! Oh my. Oh, oh dear god. Steve Austin gets run over with a car. It's bizarre. Like, it's like, it's like you know, in, um, in the first uh, Final Destination film. Um, and, and, you know, they're all having a big argument. It's like, oh, I'm not going to let death kill me. But immediately she gets hit by a bus. <laughs> it was just like that. It was just like, oh, camera, like, because they have such problems with the cameramen as well. And, like, yeah. It's just everything's, all of this is happening. And out of nowhere, Austin's been hit by a car. He's lifeless on the floor. It's it's shot really well. Really realistic. Really well. Like, the way the camera crash zooms in on the, the car, which is kind of like, oh, what's that? Like, it's just done, like, and, really, really well. And, like, the credit to Vince and Steph as well, because they sold that. Oh yeah, oh, they, they, they sell the seriousness of the situation. I mean, I think everyone's familiar, obviously, with the you know the clip of Austin being run over, blah blah blah. But in terms of this as a whole angle, um, I I was 
shocked at how well it was done. I thought it was like, oh, Austin got ran over. God, who did it? Coming up next. It, yeah. But no, it's like Jim Ross goes backstage immediately. They take 15 and, minutes of like mm, uh, airtime. Yeah, and you like come back him. to Jerry who's like, I don't know what's going on, what's going on? And like everyone is like, Austin been slowly taken away and you know, DX appeared like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, what? You know, they, everyone's accusing everyone immediately. It, I think, wow, that's brilliant, isn't it? Because there's, there's a sense of realism to it. Yeah. It's like, you know, when something goes horribly wrong for real in wrestling, it does go off the rails for 10 minutes and you know everyone's sort of like oh we don't really know what's going on here and yeah King got left by himself at ringside just like just rambling on because he's like oh I don't know what to say folks so trying to get an update here um, hopefully we'll find out something soon really, they, really they, they well did done. their best to make it look like a shoot yeah exactly yeah, and they, that's how you do a work shoot don't try and fool the audience thinking he's actually been run over treat it like you would so you can suspend your disbelief and get into it we know you it's know, a work but you can present it like a shoot exactly so. you don't have to be kind of like you know like making out like you know it's an insider thing or like yeah. that, that's where Russo always went too far with those work shoots but this here is like the perfect yeah. middle ground obviously ramifications to this number one Steve Austin gone we will not see Steve Austin wrestle in the ring for close to a year yeah. it's going to be a not long really time that long very long yeah. time so you can look forward to Rumble Wrestlemania all without Steve Austin SummerSlam no Steve Austin um, well I guess like, that gives the rest of the card you know helps them elevate so. oh definitely. definitely so I guess from that perspective it's a good thing I mean yeah what do you think about it I mean are you, are you sad to see Steve Austin go I mean because you knew, you knew he was injured I mean yeah, obviously yeah yeah I think it's a good way to uh, get rid of him because whilst I do like Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, I'm getting a little bit tired of it at the moment yeah. because every pay per view is, you know, Austin overcoming the odds to a degree, and uh, obviously all the excuses for why he can't. All fight. the excuses the way he can't yeah. fight, you know, like oh he's just standing over there, but oh well, he's he's not going to wrestle tonight. But now they've got something where we can a, a legitimate reason where they can just get rid of him for X amount of time. And now it's really the Rock's time to shine. You can only ever have one top guy in the company. There's only one top person, and it couldn't be both of them. Yeah. And obviously Austin could have stayed the top guy. You know, if he wasn't injured, he could stay the top guy for who knows how long. Would it have gotten stale? Would the fans have turned on him? Would it? Who knows? It's hypothetical. That being said, Austin being gone, the Rock now gets the chance to be the top guy. The company hinges on this man's popularity and ability to draw in crowds. And uh, I'd say creatively, that's brilliant because no one had ever been run over before. And it wasn't like a case of like, yeah, I hit you with a chair a few times or yeah, I put you through Steve a table. Austin can't be written off like that. It has to be a lot bigger for Steve Austin yeah. to get written out. And so. it's kind of like, as well now, when Austin comes back, He's got a fucking serious reason. Revenge storyline. Yeah. And it's going to be. I'm looking forward to. I don't know what pay per view he turns up, but I can't wait for the glass to shatter in the pot. For Austin to come yeah. back. Because yeah. you know it's going to be so loud. Mm. Well, as Jim Cornette says, we can't miss you if you don't go away. And that's, uh, that's very true with Steve Austin here. But yeah, I mean, because I remember I said to you recently, I was never Seamus. He was gone for, Jesus Christ, fucking months and months. Yeah. And then he just came back. It was like, oh, Seamus had an oh, arm injury. Yeah. Like. And now that's it, like, yeah. when a guy went away in the Attitude Era, whether it was an Undertaker or Foley or, you know, Austin in this case. They come back with purpose then as well. Exactly. They've got to, something to do. Hey guys, I'm just rehabbing my shoulder. Yeah. You know, but, but fuck just, that, like. Nowadays they just outright tell you what happened, like with Sheamus. It's like Sheamus uh, injured himself uh, during the Money in the Bank ladder match. Won't be seeing him for a while. Seamus is back lack of like, imagination like you could even just just turn it into a little something Easily. like the next night on Raw it's so it simple yeah. I'm not saying run everyone over this is an example <laughs> I mean yeah this is how you can do so yeah we've got a bit of a mystery on our hands Steve Austin has been run over it's seemingly not Triple H and seemingly not Vince because they were both in the scene of the accident immediately afterwards 
who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin. I can't possibly solve this mystery. Can you? I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Chief Billy <laughs> Billy Wiggum. <laughs> Who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin? Officer Bob Brady. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, uh, we'll have incremental updates. We will see Austin, obviously, back before he's wrestling again. But Steve Austin being run over is as good a time as any day at the halfway mark. Wait a Thing we see is Steve Austin in the back and a car car rams its way through a oh dear god oh dear god next thing we see is Steve Austin in the back and a car car rams its way through a oh dear god oh dear god Coming up next, Intercontinental title is on the line. YTJ, Chris Jericho, taking on China. YTJ, now he's back on pay-per-view. No Curtis Hughes. Definitely looks a lot different from his debut in terms of the beard. The hair is more... He looks more regular. This is Chris yeah. Jericho now, in my yeah. mind. This is the Chris Jericho that I know. Something I regretted not mentioning on the last podcast, we were so tied up in Jeff Jarrett leaving and the holding up and all that crazy stuff that we really overlooked the enormity of the situation, which was China won the Intercontinental title. Yes, yeah. that's true. The first and only woman to ever hold you know, a singles belt you know, of, of that magnitude. Yeah. I'm not counting the hardcore belt, obviously. It doesn't count. That's obviously huge, and a lot of people were against the idea of China being champion. But, you know, this is back when the IC belt meant something. China's separated essentially from Triple H entirely in the storylines now, just because she's essentially a face. He is an evil heel. It's better this way. China has also been given um, a mini, mini China <laughs> yeah. in Miss Kitty. I just Kitty didn't know what to do after Jarrett left, so you know. So China just took her under a wing, She's I just guess. wandering around, isn't she? Someone well, likes the noises Jerry makes, I think. Vince just gets a pop out of hearing Jerry going, <laughs> <laughs> He's uncontrollable here with, with, with Kitty. Like, fucking hell. I know he marries her, like, but still, keep it, <laughs> keep it in the pants, man. Like, come on, man. So, yeah, Y2J, he's had a bit of an interesting turn of character. He's not being presented as, like, you know, the guy he was before, which is this dude full of bravado who's taking on main adventures. He's very much been relegated to lower down on the card. He He's not being perceived as much of a threat, particularly in this angle with the whole thing is now continuing the misogyny thing, which is like, he's like, hey, a stupid girl like you shouldn't be champion. He's just like going over the top crazy heel Jericho with yeah. it. Um, it's different to Jeff's one because he's he's more focused on China. It's, yeah, it's not women as a whole. He's just like, you know, I don't like you, you in particular. But he's he's quite like, he's, he's quite cutting in some of his remarks. But this angle gets really weird um, shortly after this. But before it, Jericho claims if he loses this match, he would have a sex change. Like, it's just like, what? It's a bold statement. Yeah. JR comes back to commentary and provides a bit of a grim prognosis on Steve Austin since he's been taken to the hospital and they're waiting for an update. And Jim Ross 
kind of plays this shook character for the rest of the night now, which is like he's not sure what's going on. What's happened to my best friend? Yeah, and yeah. Jerry's like really going after him on commentary. Like, mean? Jerry's already like decided he knows who did it as well. <laughs> It was JR! <laughs> like, like, straight away, he says, like, when DX all came up to uh, say, oh, it wasn't us, the only person who wasn't there was uh, Billy Gunn. So, yeah. he, so Jerry believes that Billy Gunn was the person who uh, ran over Austin. There's nothing better in wrestling than a stone cold who done it. Like, yeah. Yeah. this is definitely one of those. It's really interesting how everyone, all the individual characters react to it. Particularly when we got a wave of new characters coming in mm. soon as well. It's, it's awesome. That China theme. She's got a uh, don't treat me like a woman. Don't treat me like a man. Don't treat me like you know me. Treat me for just who and what. I- <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, it's kind of like Jim Johnson watched a load of Xena and got like fucking That's pretty much what got it is. worked up. Like. Yeah, got all jazzed. At the start of the match, Jericho gets cleared out of the ring by Kitty and China. Jericho writes like of this whole angle and this match very poorly in his book because China obviously is good friends with with Triple H and you know X Pac and Vince and you know everyone who's the inner circle. Yeah, Jericho's still the outsider, being perceived as not living up to his potential. Yeah. China difficult to work with under these scenarios. Jericho's not the WWF style guy, so you have a little bit, of, a lot of clunkiness in this match, particularly early on. And Jericho ended up basically between the two of them. If, if someone's going to take the blame for for stuff perceived to be going wrong, it's going to be Jericho. It's going to be Jericho. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't have a lot of positive things to say about this in his book as a result, which is a shame. Like China not clicking with Jericho, but then again, Jericho didn't click with with X Pac. I'm not saying oh Jericho doesn't know how to work. I'm just saying that. He's not familiar enough with this style he's to still, carry. It's going to take, it's, it's take some time. Because China needs to be carried. Let's be, let's be yeah. honest. Yes. You know, I, I'm become quite a fan of her. Yeah, but, but still, still, she needs, has limitations. Yeah. Early on, Jericho hits the low blow. No effect, mate. Oh, she ain't got any balls. She is girl. How many poor girls back in school probably got kicked in the vagina unnecessarily because of wrestling betraying those? Like, there are nerve endings there. I imagine like, it's incredibly painful. No, because most people think, according to wrestling, if you cook a woman in the vagina... It's made of stone. Yeah, essentially what happens is... It's a smooth is, surface. It, it, it triggers a nervous response that causes you to put your hands on your hips, tilt your head back and go, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Damn you, women! <laughs> Fucking hell. China Kinrana early on. Yeah. That that was scary. Very scary. Sweet dive to the outside by Jericho. Jericho, like, you can tell, gets frustrated after the first five minutes and it's kind of like a... You know, you can tell a guy is kind of like, right, this isn't working. Let's take it up a notch. Yeah. And you've got Jericho screaming, come on, you bitch! <laughs> and just he starts throwing her. China was complaining about it. You know, he hit her too hard. And he didn't protect her and he was careless. He shouldn't have to. You're a professional wrestler. Jericho's not like got a reputation as being like a stiff worker. No, he's a careful guy. I think he was just the kind of like the unpredictability of it. Right, now we're doing this. It's like, oh, he's being uncareful. Because he was stepping it up a notch. China couldn't keep up, you mean? like Possibly. I mean, yeah. who knows? Jericho is overheard on the microphone calling China a filthy disgusting slut Jesus that's a little much whoa there Chris (laughs) fuck me Jericho works over China in the ring Uh, China mounts a comeback and very oddly this is a very strange moment the crowd starts booing and I'm thinking what is going on here why are are the crowd just turned heel do the crowd like China is quite over yeah and then I started thinking is obviously Detroit 
closer to Canada. A lot of Canadian fans. I saw a lot of Canadian flags in the audience. Yeah, yeah that's true. Root, rooting for well. Jericho. They, they come down for it. They weren't like a smart crowd who no. were like insiders because they were quiet for most of the night. I, I don't, don't know. know. Your guess is as good as mine. It's really strange. and it, it makes It's a fucking weird match as a result. Jericho forcibly kisses Miss Kitty at one point. Attempts to get YTJ in a sleeper hold. And then he slams her on the ground. Jesus Christ, Chris. Fucking hell. Jericho gets into the ring and hits a powerbomb. Which begins off as looks like it's going to be a botch. And he's about to fall over. And then he's like, nope. Best, <laughs> best powerbomb ever. Like, <laughs> No, you are taking a powerbomb, China, tonight. Handspring elbow by China. Amazing. DDT. Crowd are basically, it's like a Cena match. Yeah. Mm. Jericho gets the belt and he hits China behind the ref's back and a kick out. What the fuck? She's a machine. Mm. Yeah, honestly, I'll say it right now. Belt shots, that's something protected. Like, if you hit with a belt shot, that's, that's it. You, should, you should only kick out if there's like the ref is, is takes ages to come over. Or, but no, she kicks out pretty quickly. Someone will lose tonight as a result of the title shot. Yeah. And China kicks out of it. Well, like. m- maybe depending on higher, how higher the belt is, is how like strong <laughs> it is. It's not as good. You know, if it's, the, if it's the main title belt, no, that, hit, that's got some weight behind it's it. It's got spikes in it. Yeah. <laughs> if you get hit by the million dollar belt, your face will come off like. <laughs> <laughs> this match now ends up getting some insane reactions it's possibly the most noise the crowd make all night but I think psychology wise the sequence of events is fucking ridiculous here pedigree by China Jericho kicks out China attempts another Hurricane Rana Jericho gets her in the lion tamer here we go finish no she gets out of that as yeah. well fucking hell John China <laughs> it's ridiculous low blow and then a top row pedigree from China hideous it blew my mind a little bit purely because I'd never seen a pedigree off the top row there's a but reason t- for that but at the same time that was fucking appalling bowling shoe ugly seriously uh, CM Punk would go on to nick that move and call it the Pepsi <laughs> China wins crowd makes a lot of noise in this one but again I don't know what it was if it's just me kind of being a jaded old fan kind of going ah you can't be throwing finishes left and right you can't though they blew up the crowd with this the crowd are like dead after this match because they're exhausted yeah. I don't know about that I did enjoy this I match d- yeah, I did enjoy it it was a good watch but I don't know I, I it just it it didn't I didn't enjoy the ending sequence no same especially the way they throw around the walls of Jericho like I think he puts her in it twice and she yeah. gets out of it both times like when I was a kid I remember being like you know infatuated with Jericho because he was this cowardly asshole prick of a man and like you know everyone could beat the shit out of him but he had this one move that if which he puts, was killer yeah. if he puts you in it you're fucked like <laughs> yeah. and China broke out of it twice and it's kind of like oh, you should oh yeah, and also Jericho kicked out of her pedigree you know? I yeah mean, like, even then seriously that ain't happening anytime soon no one's kicking out of her pedigree ever again like, yeah. what do you think of this Billy you enjoy I actually really enjoyed this match yeah. I mean like like you guys said you know you can't just throw finishes around yeah. you know it's, it's something that's happened in dozens and dozens of matches where it's just finisher mania and it just you can't keep doing it it's it not just... Wrestlemania you are not Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker yeah, like. I was thinking more twice in a lifetime yeah, I was yeah, twice right. in a <laughs> yeah Jesus Christ just to point out the next night on Raw Jericho would like come out like literally distraught because apparently he had to get a sex change oh, of now. course yeah. the next night on Raw Jericho lost to Gangrel oh. fucking hell like, do you not think that when they brought him in they'd have something better for him it's just like it's so ill thought out the Clearly. new guy's being brought in he like, lose, first he, big show now Jericho he lost to Gangrel and then he's walking off all defeated and Jim Ross actually said this is a line commentary from that row where he goes I think we may have seen the last of Chris Jericho now obviously the storyline takes a different direction and we get a lot more positive things for Jericho by the rumble 
it's much safer ground. Yeah. But I think, again, last pay-per-view, no Jericho. This pay-per-view, a match which he got in heat backstage. Next night, losing to Gangrel, talking about him leaving forever. Not a fucking nice first few months I for Jericho. I feel sorry for him. He must, feel, he must be feeling like really like rocky about this whole relationship. With he's yeah. he's around point. six months in. Yeah. He's lost to China and Gangrel. Does that mean next week he's going to turn up as a lady vampire? <laughs> <laughs> backstage, basically, I think it should be a one-on-one match. Basically, I'm an asshole. <laughs> it's, it's the most insin- insincere thing. Is I was like, Shane, have you heard if uh, if Austin's okay? It's like, uh, no, we've still not heard anything yet. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, the match. <laughs> what are we going to do about this match? <laughs> Alrighty, coming up next is another Survivor Series elimination match. The Hollies, too cool. What? Oh, no. Taking on Edge and Christian and the Hardys. Uh, first of all, Holly Cousins had managed to hold the tag team titles for a cup of coffee. They won them off Rock and Sock Connection. Sure. It's pretty cool. These guys getting you know, Crash Holly and Bob never gets it got gold. Yeah, no, it's nice, true. Nice that they got the uh, the titles. It's still an incredibly entertaining team. And yeah, too cool making their uh, reappearance on the yeah. podcast. As dastardly heels with a hip hop twist. Which is not the too cool I knew as a child. I am making gang signs. He's doing yeah. the signs, folks. Yeah, the idea here is, and it's funny because it seems so logical when you think about it now. Too cool. Yeah, obviously they're heels because they have this like annoying homeboy wigger yeah. type thing that they're doing. And Jr. is like, oh, these guys, they look stupid. Look at their stupid hat and their stupid pants, you know. And, and Jerry's like, these guys are really cool, Jr. <laughs> I wonder why Jerry says that. Oh, who knows? I haven't seen him back on the podcast though. That being said, oh, but I, I, I had a whale of a time with him in this. Can I just say, uh, I would, I was wondering if you picked up. King says generally one of the one of the most cringeworthy things I think I've ever heard him say, and it's followed by a good 10 seconds of the most awkward silence. <laughs> so I'd please like you to include it here. I heard her skills were so good in bed that during sex she shouts her own name. I just heard that, I don't know. All right, Scotty too hotty. Oh. <laughs> he stutters over his words the oh, entire time please, he's saying I... it. Yeah, when Two Cool are coming out, to absolute silence as well, I might add. We cut to a sign which says, Two fools. <laughs> and not the number two, I'm saying T-O-O. Oh. When, uh, J- when JR sees that, he goes, well, more like two jackasses. <laughs> we don't wear hats like that in Oklahoma, no sir either. I was wondering how soon it would be until we uh, we hear Ripperoo. Oh, yeah. man. Immediately. All throughout this fucking all throughout, match. but immediately, as it's... soon as you see Brian Christie. <laughs> He's worse than the air horns. He will not shut up. You know what? I actually really loved him in this. Oh, I, so did I, I, I loved it. I adored it. Don't get me wrong. I get it, but I hate it. See, they're working you, man. They, they are working me completely. Obviously, JR again is still being sad on commentary. And this match is a pin could drop throughout this match. Silence. Again, apathetic crowd. Again, last match blew him up spectacularly. And this is a long match, folks. We get a great quote from Jerry. So what, your best friend get run over, Jim Ross? So what? Move on. It's Grandmaster Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big debate as as to how to spell and pronounce Sexy's name. Not a name. big debate. Just the two guys being bored on commentary. It's not a debate. Just Jr. occasionally turning into Daphne from Frasier. Grandmaster Sexy. Well, yeah, Grandmaster Sexy. He's really annoying, but like I find it's in a good way. I mean, I can't actually believe that within a few months this fucking creep is a face and one of the most over faces ever. You can't. He's he's good at that. Like. 
with pulling that switch like midway through the match Grandmaster Sexy puts on some goggles and then goes to do a bulldog but gets crotched in the corner the goggles do nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know the Hardys and Edge and Christian you know they're alluding to that you know they're, they're buddies they respect each other but they're not getting on yeah. they, they don't, they're not hitting on all cylinders uh, miscommunication leads to Hardcore Holly rolling up Edge for a quick three and then Sky to Hardy it's a DDT on Matt Hardy and Matt Hardy is gone so we've got um, four on two all of a sudden yeah. I must say very impressed with Scotty Tuhati throughout this match yeah. particularly in this next sequence he's in with Jeff for quite a bit mm. and the two of them trade a lot of very fast um, high fly moves yeah. people remember Scotty for the dancing and the worm and whatnot. I mean yeah. he's just, he can wrestle really well you don't stay around for as long as he did without having that skill mm, in your pocket. Uh, we do get the worm, though, which is yeah. funny. The crowd actually popped for it as well. Not even knowing what it is, really. Yeah, amazing. And uh, Too Cool hit a double sit-down powerbomb, which mm. I really thought was um, quite a spectacular maneuver. All six men then get in the ring, and then it's just like, they give up. Yeah, I don't know what goes on. Tim White just stands there. Holly's fight with each other. Everyone else is fighting, just wandering around. Terry comes up on the ring. What's going on? Tim White is on, like, trying to stop him. Yeah, he just stood there. Shit in here. And it's around this point, I believe, we get our Grim of the Night, guys. Hey. Hey. Uh, so Grandmaster Sexay uh, drops Jeff and then gives him a quick pin. Only gets a two count. And then he looks up, like, you know, the, the front cover of Platoon. Like, you know, hands over his head looking into the sky and just goes, Gosh! Gosh! <laughs> I, d- I heard that. I thought he was saying, Gosh! Yeah, it sounds no, like, it's like that. Yeah. saying, Gosh. <laughs> gosh! Dang it! <laughs> 450 splash by Jeff Hardy. Ooh. Good God in heaven. Scotty Joe Hardy is eliminated. Then again, a poetry emotion attempt by Jeff and Christian, but Hardcore Holly with the dropkick off the top rope. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Great He's spot. He's so good at dropkicks. There's a lot of good stuff in this match, but the crowd just don't give him anything. Hip-hop drop by Grandmaster Sexay leads to Jeff Hardy being eliminated and then immediately thereafter Grandmaster Sexay eats a reverse DDT from Christian and he's gone. Holly's beat up Christian JR blames the crowd on the car accident. <laughs> you can't just use that as an excuse. Yeah. It's like Larry David and Kirk Enthusiasm. You know, my mother died. Jim Ross is bringing people up. Yeah, can't go to that thing tonight. <laughs> Steve got hit with a car. <laughs> Sorry, I just don't feel like cooking dinner tonight. Steve got hit with a car. <laughs> Unprettier. Unbelievable. Get to see that move at last. Yeah. Crash is eliminated. Bob Holly throws him out in disgust. Fighting Holly Cousins. Bob counters the victory roll, gets the win. Bob Holly, sole survivor. Very damn mm. finish. The action in the match was good, but the crowd ruined it. And now, I know a lot of people aren't like this, but I am like this. If a crowd is not into a match, I really mm. find it hard to enjoy it. Yeah, I think we've discussed this before. It's like having a, a film with no music. I mean, you, you try watching Lord of the Rings without the music, like, and you yeah. won't feel anywhere near as much, will you? And I mean, like, it helps you buy into it. It's one thing I like, say Japanese wrestling is different, because obviously you know the crowd has got this whole different... You're not expecting that noise yeah. there. But here I'm kind of like, come on, guys. They're, yeah. They it's are trying. Everyone's, everyone kind of is they deserving try. it. They even, try. Even, really even Brian like... Christopher deserves something for what he did in this match. Well, I thought Brian Christopher was a great character in this. I thought Scotty was amazing in the ring. Hardy's Edge and Christian are fucking great. Hardcore Holly's a veteran. Crash is great. Everyone here, there was no dead wood in this match. This could have been a classic match if the crowd gave him a little And you could feel that they were doing stuff at the end which it felt like, oh, right, they expected the crowd to be making so much noise here and it just didn't yeah. come together, which is a shame. Backstage, Shane O'Mac gives us an update says that Vince is at the hospital and that Steve Austin is in a bad way. He says it will still be a triple threat match tonight, though, but he's not revealing who it's going to be. Proper little uh, weather forecast from Shane there. He does the whole report directly into the lens, speaking to JR back in the studio. Like, it was very unusual. Face Shane McMahon as well as another weird one. To yeah, say. yeah. Face Shane with Stephanie and Tess, like... Yeah. 
He's all grown up. Like. This can't last much longer. Oh, speaking of which, me and you, Mr. Keebler, are going to be having our hands full with this couple very shortly as you and I will yes. be reviewing the wedding of Stephanie McMahon and Tess. That's our next episode. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Alrighty, we got a bit of a chat coming up now. Rock and Sock Connection. A lot of interesting stuff we could talk about before this next match. Obviously, Rock and Sock, Mankind and The Rock joined together You know, a couple of months back as kind of this dream team. You know, and they were both doing feuds concurrently at the same time, but these guys had some of the most hysterical, entertaining, and highest rated segments ever. I mean, This Is Your Life is one which we've, we've mentioned before. Yeah. They always just had this great chemistry. And, you know, in the ring they delivered, but they were really funny. And funny in a way that made Foley seem way more endearing, which he needed, because obviously he was getting a lot more injured as time was yeah. going on. And also made The Rock slightly more accessible as a character. I mean, the one that's great one we always talked about is... Um, the Micker? Do you want to talk about the Micker one? Yeah, when uh, Mick's like lying backstage all beaten up, he's just been <laughs> ambushed by someone and the, the Rock's walking past him because he's on the way to the ring to go to his match and Mick just goes to him like, hey, you go out there and you give him hell and you do it for the Micker. And the Rock just looks at him and goes, who the hell is the Micker? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves his crumpled friend. On the you know, he got like things like Foley would have, you know, the, the team jackets, like, which yeah. Rock wouldn't wear, and, you know, Mr. Rocco. There was only one real dud segment they were involved in, which is one of the last things Russo ever wrote for the company, which was uh, Foley asking The Rock to marry him, which is just like, Jesus. that's weird. Yeah, it's like, all right, we get it, you're burnt out. Stop fucking up our characters. <laughs> Go to WCW already. A big thing coming into this match is, is the whole storyline between Rock and Sock. They had won the tag belts. Uh, it felt like they were winding down as a team. Foley had just released Have a Nice Day, mm. amazing book. And Foley had given The Rock a signed copy of his book. You know, and they've been putting over the book strong on, on, on TV now, kind of saying, oh, this, he worked very hard with this, mm. blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, you know, when you guys watched this with me earlier, yeah. Snow finds the book in the trash. Look, this is a treasure. This is your life's work. Now, I'm sorry, but I found it in a trash can. Well, Look, I, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta go. Good luck, Al. Mr. Rock? How could you do that? How could you? How could the Rock do what? I give you a present. I give you something I've worked hard on, and you just throw it away? What are you talking about, your book? No, it's not my book! It's my life! It's my work! It's my blood! My sweat! My tears! And you take it, and you throw it away? Mick, The Rock doesn't know what you're talking God about. God damn it, it's not about you. It's not about The Rock and Sock Connection. It's about the fact that I give, I give, I give, and you keep on taking. And so I say to you, Dwayne, I say you piss on everything I believe in. I say piss on you, you self-centered, egotistical, self-righteous son of a bitch! Whoa, 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 you want to come in here and run your mouth at the rock, barge in on the rock? Well, the rock says this. You no, I say this! You take I say this! I say I don't want to know you. I don't want to fight you, rock. I don't want to work with you. I don't want to even know you exist. So one last time, I walk down the aisle tonight, and after that, everything! Everything, you and me, no more. You live with that and grow up. Well, considering it's like rock and sock connection, I actually think it had like a little bit of emotional depth. Like, you know, it was really, yeah, yeah. Mick really gives a good performance. Like, he actually proper, he almost like shoots upset. on the rock. Like, he, he basically confronts the rock. He doesn't believe Al at the start, and you know, he, and Rock would throw away his book. No mm. way. And then no, Al's like, no, seriously. And then you know, he goes to confront the rock. Amazing. 
absolutely yeah, amazing. Shit, I... Calls him Dwayne. Yeah. yeah. That's the equivalent of calling Hulk Hogan bald. Like, <laughs> seriously. I know that was, it was a really impressive performance. And mm. people were, I think, you know, people, including Foley himself, he's like, kind of, oh, if I become a Muppet with a sock puppet, you know, am I, if I become this goofy, cuddly character, yeah. do I have this kind of... And it's nice to get a bit of a reminder that, yeah, this is the guy who did Kane Dewey. He's and, still a human being. Yeah. And he's, he's still a human being, and also he can still cut a hell of a promo. And, like, Definitely. you have The Rock kind of go, no, The Rock says this. He's like, oh, shut up, grow up. Like, he interrupts The Rock. Yeah. Mm. Gives um, him the damn son, get serious. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, son. <laughs> what did you think, though? Like, does it, I mean, obviously you're a big fan of Foley, big fan of The Rock. What do you think of him putting his book into being? See, see, I, I don't know if it's if this storyline's going to go anywhere. Yeah. But, like, I, I kind of believed um, Rock saying he didn't do it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's such a, a minor story thing, but it could just flip-flop. It's interesting as well, though, because, I mean, it wasn't just about the book Foley was saying in that promo. He was more alluded to... It was about the friendship, the yeah. fact that Rock was just... Never being, gives anything back. Yeah, he was being too negative. He wouldn't come out with him. He wouldn't, you know, give him anything. And it's like, you know, that's uh, fucking powerful stuff there. But with that in mind, Foley found himself a new tag team partner, a new best friend, so to speak. Somebody would, you know, want to cheer Foley, who's good friends with going way back, Al Snow. So now we get hey. the dream team of Al Snow and Mick Foley. Had one of the best bonding moments ever. Al had a toy come out in the supermarkets around this time, which was, you know, the yeah. Job Squad but one with the head. They kept referencing this throughout this match, yes. and I had no idea what they were talking it about. It was a massive scandal at the time. Snow's doll was pulled from Walmart, which was obviously the main supplier of toys because the Headless Horseman movie had come out um, Sleepy Hollow Sleepy Hollow yeah. so there was a lot of stuff in the media about you know oh decapitation and you know people were always looking for you know there's a lot of censorship going on at the time yeah. Snow's doll was pulled from the shelves because the parents groups said that he came with a severed head which he would shake around now even the most fucking cursory glance at WWE would show you that it's a fucking mannequin's head mm. And Al was, rightfully so, quite upset because, you know, in WWF at the time, you weren't on much guaranteed money, you had a dime side, but you got your money from fucking merchandise. Yeah. And what's the main thing Al Snow is going to be selling? It's toys. fucking toys. And yeah, that sucks. No toy for you, Al Snow. Yeah. They got pulled. They worked into a great angle, though, where Al was depressed and Foley was, like, trying to cheer him up. And he's like, come on, you know, after the match, like, who's the jolly good fella? <laughs> and I was like... That nobody can deny. Oh, it's really heartwarming, and like they 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 went to Vegas then on this like kind of best buddies trip. Ever. <laughs> the two whitest men ever, like going on roller coasters, high fiving each other. So they've really built these two guys up as this like awesome like. Snow was almost like the friends the Rock could never be for Foley. Yeah, and yeah. it's nice to see Foley have reciprocation in his friendship now. I'm kind of worried now that Snow is going to start, you know, like taking it a bit more seriously and you know trying to get Mick to lose a little bit of weight, <laughs> like a baked potato or something. Come on, man, let me get some butter on this thing. <laughs> I've given them the, the, the name uh, Snowly. 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 Not that bad. is better than was it Sock and Head. Sock and Head <laughs> connection. Coming up next, Tag Team Championship on the line. New Age Outlaws, the champions now taking on the team of Al Snow and Mick Foley best friends forever black ass Billy Gunn Jesus Christ <laughs> he's wearing all, all black I am a baddie now he like. has more heel than ever fuck me we get the heel version of the New Age Outlaws promo it's like we always do it doggy style to your mothers and then they high five in yeah. the ring yeah don't so cheer too much shit. 
It is as well, because it's like, you know what, lads? This crowd is dead, and if there's one thing that would wake him up, it's a fucking New Age Outlaws yeah. bit. And no, they're like, no, don't you dare sing along. Oh, they made a bit of noise then, let's nip that in the bud. Nip that in the bud, yeah, fuck your mothers. <laughs> Good job. Oh, man, I love the team of Snow and Foley. It's fucking fantastic. Foley gets the mic at the start of this one and literally, like, cuts a quick promo as if to get the crowd into it. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna be, He's like, we're going to kick your ass. It's like... Blessing for trying. Billy Gunn starts wrestling this match in a t-shirt and wrestles the whole match in the t-shirt. What is this, 2014? Yeah, I was going to mm. say, seriously, Billy Gunn's still in shape here. What's going on? Honestly, I, I, I said it to you. He's the body of a Greek god. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Good action in the ring. Crowd sucks. I, I have to say, the crowd are really awful here. Mm. Uh, all four men brawl outside we get some cool spots with snow it's nice to see him get some you know offense on display that's not hardcore like his crazy stomps in the corner yeah those are awesome Foley gets the hot tag clears house and does the funky chicken as he's doing the he do, mocks shake rifle and roll yeah very funny I like now that road dog's a heel people can start you know taking the piss taking out of the him. piss out of him but again crowd do not react for this and it's like you know what it's the fucking new age outlaws and Mick Foley this How is can you not care? Yeah. This is meant to be giving Al Snow a rub. These are three of the biggest stars in wrestling yeah. at the moment. It was really annoying. Uh, Billy Gunn gets the Famouser. Road Dog gets the pin, but Mankind kicks out. And then we get simultaneous finishers. Double arm DDT to Road Dog and the Snowpile to Mr. Ass. Foley then gets Mr. Socko and Billy Gunn and Road Dog at the same time. The, the Outlaws are better as heels. Oh, definitely, I yeah. Think, because we're not running for the same. Yeah. Road Dog gets worked over hot tight to Billy Gunn. But actually... Both working now. They yeah. use heel tactics. Yeah, uh, Road Dog's character much more suits. Definitely heel stuff. a lot more fitting. Definitely. This is definitely the match of, of of all the New Age Outlaws matches we've had on the podcast so far. This has been the one I've been most impressed with them. Yeah, no, they they really step it up this here. This could be a great match. It's just completely tainted by the crowd. Yeah. yeah. Al Snow hits Billy with head. I think this was no DQ. Apparently. There were chairs earlier. Yeah. Question mark. I don't know. But then we get a movie we've not seen in a long time since SummerSlam 98. The Spike Piledriver Ooh. on Mankind. Jesus Christ, that gave me uh, shivers and made me think Brutal. back to, uh, to darker times. New Age Outlaws retain the Tag Team Championships. Pretty good match. Good match, match. Yeah. Very good match. Uh, a good match spoiled by a meh crowd. Absolutely. JR and King discuss the uncertainty of the main event and also reveal the uncertainty of what they're going to be doing for the next five minutes. They just fucking shit on for two minutes. Like, what's going yeah. on? All right, so it's main event time. Rock and Triple H taking on question mark for the WWF Championship. Now, of course, Triple H has been the head of DX and they've been doing some pretty fucking nasty stuff. We see them early on running in and all the matches and whatnot. Can you mention this one particular angle, though, which is fucking Jesus. It needs to be discussed, nonetheless. This is another long-forgotten aspect of the Attitude Era. Yeah, it's one of these ones that I'm, like, irkish about even, like, bringing up, like, because this is awkward, and it's just, ugh, I don't like talking about it. But anyway, they did a whole thing where DX were, like, targeting the McMahon family. The core storyline here, maybe one of the reasons why the main event seems a bit flat, is it's Vince and Triple H, really. Yeah. Because Triple H is going after Vince and Shane and Test and, you know, the Stooges and doing all this kind of stuff. They did a thing at the end of an episode of Raw. Vince and Shane and whoever are in Tester in the ring. And it cuts up in the Titantron. And as you see, the DX locker room opens up. And what appears to be Stephanie McMahon is pinned to the ground Jesus. by no. members of DX. Well, they've, they've kidnapped Stephanie and like, they've got her in the locker room. And they have her They're on the ground. Her and then like, X I've seen X-Pac or whoever like, gets on top of her. And, like, the door, Jesus Christ! And, and the door closes. And then you have, like, Vince going, what the fuck? Anyway, everyone runs backstage. And then the show fucking ends, of course. So it's all right. And they're like, Stephanie! Right, now, 
What is this? I spit on your grave. That's how they end the episode. Yeah. Now, it comes to the next episode then, straight after, and DX come out, and they're like, yeah, high five, and oh, all this stuff. Oh, for fuck's no. sake. And, like, you know... You, Rape angle, really? Like, Seriously? Well, you know, join join miscarriage angle and suicide angle. Do, like? Is there anything they won't do poorly? Yeah, yeah. I know, right? They they start talking about it. like, yeah, you see, all thought you know it was Stephanie we were with. It wasn't Stephanie. It was just some freshman chick from the university in the town we were in. And everyone's like, oh, thank God. That's okay though. <laughs> they they didn't rape someone we. Oh, know. Thank, thank God they didn't rape Vince's daughter. Thank God they just raped someone like. Come on! <laughs> Wait, you're not telling me that was it. That's, that's it! That's the end of that's it! That's the end! They just don't mention it Fucking again? Or hell. For fuck's huh. sake. We had you going there, because the, the woman we raped, her face was obscured. Made you look. Seriously, wow. guys. That's like, and I mean, it doesn't really fit in with the storyline here, but obviously it happened before this pay-per-view. Ooh, it's edgy. Ooh, it's dark. Can't it's do just that. Really That's weird. Insane. You can't do such a sensitive topic that poorly. And yeah. that's straight. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we mentioned before, we mentioned the Q&A episode, if people haven't heard it. We're not opposed to wrestling being, you know, tackling, you know, sensitive issues or, like, daring issues or pushing the envelope. That's not the issue. I'm not being approved saying, how dare anyone do a story about, you know, rape or whatever. But, I mean, it's like fucking hell. I mean, it's not, this isn't six feet under, guys. You're yeah. not tackling a really dark issue and taking an interesting scope on it. No, you're fucking clumsily writing in crayon going then then they rape her like yeah. i mean come on and even then you don't need that kind of seriousness in wrestling you don't need to tackle heavy stuff and apparently you don't need vince russo either no yeah. apparently not so there you go and to, to just to do that it's not even a story it's not because it's, it's, I mean, it's just a thing it's like we've got 10 like we've got 10 minutes to fill at the end of uh, end of raw or smackdown oh let's have stephanie pretend to be raped let's throw like, together a sheet and you know and you know how thing. crap it was as well because they don't even mention it on this show or any of the shows really going forward i think vince calls triple h a rapist on oh raw. my god he's like triple h you rapist fucking now, hell that's the only real mention they ever make of again so yeah you do something like that you fuck it up and then you don't even use it to put heat on anyone yeah like just try and forget all about it no thank you but with that in mind it's our main event so rocket triple h come out we don't know who the third man is going to be who is adam the third man <laughs> i was expecting hulk hogan to come out yeah but whose side is he on <laughs> and leg drop by everyone but no sadly not our main event has now got a third participant it's the rock versus triple h Versus big orphan Paul White. <laughs> <laughs> my daddy. My daddy. Fuck me. I really right. wasn't expecting this. No. Genuinely, what I was expecting was the glass to shatter and Austin would come out, come in, out the, in, in, in the ambulance again. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, that's what I was expecting. Big show. Fucking big show. Honestly, it would not have, uh, if, if this was like end of 98 start in 99 they probably would have done yeah, that yeah, yeah really, like that would Austin happen. gets run over and then comes in an ambulance with monster tree <laughs> a monster truck ambulance comes out like rips off his neck brace. you piece he's got big metal leg braces <laughs> uh, Billy did you notice when Big Show like you know his music hit and Fink starts announcing him oh, shit. he just goes and their opponent and their opponent <laughs> <laughs> ready or not and you can tell yeah, after he says it, he just kind of like shuffles away he's like oh fuck that <laughs> <laughs> you can tell immediately he's like oh I'm never going to hear the end of this but yeah you say not expecting Big Show on this this is going to be interesting because at the moment Big Show's tied up in the mid card yeah and like it, it just seemed very strange it just seemed very strange that 
you know, they bring in... A man who is already feuding. I yeah, mean, like, yeah. it'd be like if um, John Cena was in a triple threat at uh, a big pay-per-view and then he got injured and then they just brought in Dolph Ziggler to go in, and ha- in the match in his place. It's it's so strange. I wouldn't put but it... That being said, the crowd react very strongly for the big That's show. Yeah. I was worried that it would be crickets well, when he came get, out. He's getting really over. Well, the well, angles like the one we yeah. saw earlier. I mean, yeah. yeah. So good job of that angle because obviously this is... It's working. This is heated up quite well. Great action to start things off. Big show uh, gets jumped basically by both Triple H and The Rock. Very hot star. And uh, yeah, then you have the big show just like dominating the two of these guys and Jim Ross on commentary going, going, oh, these guys didn't prepare for this. Big Show is unlike anyone they faced. He's going to, you know, dominate. And really, really good story they tell here. And the crowd, mainly probably due to the fact that they love The Rock so much and they're chatting his name pretty much nonstop. They really get into things. Yeah, they totally get behind it. (laughs) At one point, uh, Jim Ross goes, look at the Big Show going. He buried his father on Thursday. You say buried. Not really. Hey, the only thing getting buried around here is Daniel Bryan. Anyone else notice that uh, Triple H appears to have been tangoed at some point? It's a, he yeah. is very orange. Bright orange. I thought it was just the crappy quality of the, you know, because we, well, it was all Silver Vision uh, yeah. DVD, but no, he's yeah, just, he's, he is he's very been get, He's been getting his keratin. Seriously. He, he looks like a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> People's elbow early on show. Triple H breaks it up, however, and uh, head out to outside, and then we get our standard big-ass brawl. That being said, Rock is one of those guys who I think we said can, can pull it off. Can pull it off. Crowd are really into it. They love the Rock going near them. Yeah, and you got some really interesting spots. Obviously, with Big Show throwing guys around. It's, the Big Show really. Like we said last time that Triple H being in the main event it really brings something new to it. Uh, I'd say it's the same goes for Big Show. It's like we've had. I'd say two months of where we bring quite new stuff to yeah. the main event because I mean yeah I think we were sick of Undertaker in the main event and you yeah. know to an extent you probably you know Austin at No Mercy that was a swan song really and it's kind of yeah. like I didn't want to see Rock and Triple H again so yeah it is it, it is shaking it up in a good way Triple H gets thrown quote like a sandwich wrapper okay <laughs> Rock then punches Triple H through a table yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. He just that, springs through that's it. That's not the only time he's done that, if you believe that. He has punched people through the table before. <laughs> Fantastic. Crowd finally awake for this one. Great action taking place. Thoughts on t-shirt wearing Big Show? He gets a big push, he starts losing weight, starts wearing a t-shirt. I don't know, I, I actually kind of like this look that he has at the minute. Like, he looks less like a big baby, doesn't he? Yeah. He does, yeah. Just, he's not wearing those tiny little pants. Yeah. <laughs> which is a fucking godsend. <laughs> it's a big show one. Yeah, no, actually, it's... Uh, he looks a little bit more like a killer. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on why, but he just looks a little bit more serious this way. Yeah, definitely. Double suplex through the Spanish announce table on the big show. Yeah. And fuck me, he clatters the bejesus out of that thing. No, yeah. no, no thoughts of Obliteration. Mm. Yeah, very, very breaky, breaky, bishy, bishy indeed. <laughs> Triple H and Rock go at it in the ring. It's fucking great action from these two. These guys are going to be feuding a lot in the coming months. Yeah. A rock bottom from The Rock onto Triple H and fuck me. I think you and I were watching, we watched this match together. Yeah. And when he hit that rock bottom. The size of it. Oh, God. It's like 12 feet in the air. It's enormous. It is such a great move. I would yeah. say rock bottom is one of the best finishers ever. Oh, undoubtedly. I, I, I really I don't think I, I give enough praise. One or. of my criteria for a good finisher is it has to be able to come out of nowhere as well. And the rock yeah. bottom, it, it's one of these moves where he'll slap it on you all of a sudden and before you've even noticed it, it's already happened. Yeah, like he's like kicking his legs and yeah. he's going to lift up. Oh, man, it's great. 
it looks like there's a real struggle. Shane appears as the ref has been incapacitated. Goes for the cover, but The Rock only gets two. And The Rock is, like, right in Shane's face. And I like the idea of, you know, the McMahons are faces. You know, Rock doesn't trust them. Yeah. Austin didn't trust them. You know, that, that's that's cool. That's interesting. A bit of a bit of a wrinkle. Another Rock bottom, but Big Show stops Shane making the count. This is great ending sequence here we're getting into. Shane stops the belt being used by Triple H, with Triple H responds with a pedigree. Nice... Typical overbooked stuff going on yeah. here, but when everything is hitting its mark and the crowd reacts, I enjoy when this. Yeah, same, right. yeah. I, I don't mind that it's loads of stuff's going on here. It's it's being done well. Yeah, because it, it, like, if you're sitting there or the crowd is sitting there, kind of going, "Oh, I suppose he's going to do another finisher now." Yeah. If you're jaded and you're not into it, it sucks. But if you have the crowd with your psychology, it feels point, like it's erupted into chaos, mm. doesn't it? Like yeah. This? And looking back, it's like Jesus. This is an awful lot of stuff going on. I was like, it's fucking awesome. It's great. It's the attitude era. Everybody's down, but Big Show and DX appear, attack the Big Show and The Rock. Vinnie Mac then comes out. Yeah. Face like murder. <laughs> like, God damn it, Steve Austin's been run over, and now you're gonna pull this shit. You wanna do a job? You gotta do it yourself. God damn it. <laughs> that walk. That look. Vince gets the belt, goes to Triple H, Triple H ducks, and he hits him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H ducks out of the way, and Vince is like, no, nah, I think I'll do that again. Smacks no, him with I it. will hit you with this belt. <laughs> Showstopper, chokeslam, and Vince counts the three counts. Look at the annual Survivor Series screw job goes off without a hitch <laughs> and your new champion big champy Paul Weiss and you know what if you had told me at SummerSlam it's like hey Big Show's gonna win the belt yeah. I, didn't want, I, didn't, I knew it was coming I didn't want to tell you Billy because I knew you'd probably be like fuck that but on this show alone Big Show was fucking great. I could not yeah. agree more. Literally, f f just from the start of this pay-per-view, like, at the beginning of it, if you'd have told me that, I would be like, no, oh god, that's horrible. But over the course of the pay-per-view and seeing Big Show earlier on and then in this match, I actually really somehow like the fact yeah. that he won the belt. It's yeah, weird. he did. Completely he did a great unexpected. Job. It felt like really justified, and it felt like a great ending. It and awesome. he a big show like crying the tears, and like it's, Jim it's Ross is like drools all over the belt, which is like, immediately <laughs> ruined. The His last shot you said, mate. Come on, didn't give an excuse to drool, a drool all over this <laughs> fucking belt. Mate, he is like he's like Drosophila Melangaster. He is applying ooze to it to, <laughs> to, to break it down so he can eat it because he thinks it's full of fucking chocolate. But that being said, it just goes to show. On any given night, with the right booking, anyone can look like a fucking star. Very true. And with the right storyline, you can take anyone who is seemingly irreparably damaged, because Big Show fucking snakeskin boots and yeah. lizard tie a couple of months ago, and now here we are going, you know what, great match, great main event, great story. And uh, yeah, it was nice to end this one on a high note. That is it, Survivor Series 1999. Overall, I thought, good matches, good showing from a lot of people. But the crowd really dragged this down and made it, I say mediocre, and I don't mean that as in like it is a shit show. I say in the fact that my enjoyment of the show was very mediocre because the crowd 
really fucked it up. And I hate that. I know that doesn't make me like the smartest man or the most insightful man to go, I like to put the crowd for shit, but honestly, I'm one of those people. Crowds ruin it for me. Sometimes. I think you worry too much about, you know, being seen as being a jerk or whatever. Like, I, I know, because I, I know people they sit around and they watch like, you know, Eddie Guerrero matches in WCW in complete silence and they're like, this is amazing. And like, I can't do that. No, like, no, I mean, I, I'm completely in agreement. I actually I think this could have been a classic pay-per-view. Yeah, I think this uh, pay-per-view could be. But it becomes middle more, of the road. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be more fondly remembered with yeah. the crowd. Literally, I think if you got this pay-per-view and you dubbed it with a decent crowd, <laughs> it would be an amazing show. Like seriously. Definitely. It's well, just like, ruined by the silence. Ivory gets jumped by uh by Moulin May Young. EC Duck! EC Duck! there we go, that's it. Match of the night, MVP, Adam. MVP uh, is gonna be Kurt Angle, undoubtedly. Just because, like, I mean, I, I know Big Show impressed me a lot tonight, but it's not enough for me to completely 180 my opinion yeah. of him. Whereas Kurt Angle, I've been very excited about him coming for a while now, and I've been, you know, really looking forward to him joining the roster. And the fact that, like you said earlier, he is a real, genuine Olympic hero, and he's got every right to demand to come in as a face or whatever, but he's okay with coming in as this asshole heel, and he has the balls to do that, and he's good on the mic, he's great in the ring. I think this is a really, really one great of the, start. One of the best debuts ever. Match of the night, then. Match of the night. I'm actually going to go with the main event, um, just because... Like, there was a lot of great matches tonight. They're all really great, but this is the one match where the crowd really bought into it at last. They made a bit of noise. And more Thank than you, that, Rock. <laughs> more than that, like, Rock versus Triple H versus Big Show, that's not the kind of match that I thought I'd really buy into. But I ended up really, really enjoying it in the end anyway, so, yeah. real surprise. Billy, match of the night, MVP. Uh, match of the night, I'm going to give to... Edge and Christian and Hardy Boys versus Too Cool and uh, the Hollies. Yeah. Which I never thought I'd ever say, but I'd give match a night to a match I had Brian Christopher in it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like we said before, everybody was on top form in that. Except the crowd. Like. Except the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, there was so much good stuff to it. Even Brian Christopher, again, can't believe I'm saying it. He did his damnedest to put on a good show, and he and, and he did. Yeah, for, uh, for at least me, anyway. Because like, it is a stupid gimmick that they've been given at the end of the day, yeah. and they really worked with it. Yeah, like, MVP. MVP, undoubtedly the big show. Yeah, which again, didn't think I'd be saying that before watching this pay per view. <laughs> but um, no, I've been I've been really really impressed. Can with, uh, Big Show maintain this momentum? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is about Big Show's moment in the sun. But he's going to lose it on Raw tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kevin? Match of the night, I'm probably going to go with the Kurt Angle-Stasiak match. Just yeah. because, just as a small little... It's, it's a masterclass in psychology, really. Yeah. Like, and from two guys who's like, well, there's a, a rookie and a guy who's pretty shite-like. But it's just like using an apathetic crowd. If this match was in fucking Madison Square Garden, it would have sucked. It wouldn't have worked. Which yeah. is a weird thing to That's say. That's very peculiar. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, go out of your way to see this one. Big fan of Kurt Angle. And it, it's just awesome to see Kurt Angle start at the very, very bottom. Because, yeah. you know, if they didn't need a guy like Kurt Angle now, he'd be in the main event. He would, yeah. He'd come yeah. out and he'd attack John Cena. They're so starved for stars. And, you know, they're pretty... They lose a lot of big guys here. And a big name like Kurt Angle, you think that they would have put a rocket on him and straight away main events. It's like, no, he's going to wrestle fucking me. Sean Stasiak. And Gangrel. Yeah. And guess what? His feud with Steve Blackman and the British Bulldog will be coming up soon, guys. Ooh. You know, he crawls his way up from the bottom. And that this is a great match. Uh, MVP, big show, for, for reasons I think already been made, yeah. made clear. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this edition of the Attitude Era podcast. Thank you.
you very much for listening in on this hexagonal shaped pay-per-view. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter. It is the best way to keep in touch with us. At AE Podcast. Live free raw. Share pictures. Do all the things that someone with Twitter should do. Please stop asking me how to use the network in the UK. Use fucking Google instead. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Goose and gas, fan art, discussions, caption contests, usually. <laughs> Go to Facebook.com slash Attitude Podcast and give us a like. You can find more visual stuff over at youtube.com slash AEPodcast. We put some video clips up there from some of our favourite parts of previous episodes. You can also find us on our Vine account. We have a little six-second skit which is attached to our Twitter that Kevin mentioned before. And also, you probably know by now, if you're a fan of stuff and things, head over to Botchamania. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Botchamania <laughs> was strictly things. Now it's stuff, stuff and things? Stuff and things. Get got, me Matthew. Matthew, <laughs> seriously. But yeah, head over to Botchamania. We've got... Uh, somewhere, somewhere in Newcastle, he's breaking every damn piece of furniture. <laughs> <laughs> we have little posts up there of uh, our past episodes. And uh, we're also... Latest issue of Calling Spots. Got a... Uh, there's a crossword, not to do anything to do with us particularly, <laughs> but damn good crossword. But there's also an article done by Kevin and a, a nice old picture done by Adam. Yeah, callingspots.com. It's two pounds. It's a zine. It's fantastic. Make sure you check it out. Quick uh, mention, we've noticed that on our iTunes stream, only the most recent 25 episodes are being listed. That's not something we can change. That is just sadly how iTunes works and yeah. the way we use it. If you want to catch all our episodes, best way to do it is SoundCloud or on podriverwrestling.net where you catch all our episodes. Download direct discuss it on the forum and also as well the best way to support this podcast as always leave a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher and also as well as you probably know that heard our incredibly crap promos earlier making fun <laughs> of Steve Austin but we've got our new commentary track for Beyond the Mat is available now selfie.com forward slash AE podcast three pounds support the podcast and get a commentary track of us talking about Beyond the Mat one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time but that is going to do it for me Kevin me Adam and me Billy I will catch you next time on the Editorial Podcast as there's wedding bells in the air and Kevin and Billy are going to go do a watch of a wedding yep. this is going to be sexy it is <laughs> it sounds like Chris Bilkins in his remix <laughs> it's very strange real real fucking bad in five minutes time I'm gonna do a burp that's so free Fucking hell! Batshit insane.